Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. Set it 
still real fucked up in my neighborhood. Pretty much the same way, right around the time when you got a lady. Ain't nothing changed. All the promises you made before you got a lady. Me and my homies just wonder what's going on. Holla. What did I lie when I was traumatized? Niggas fell victim to my lyrics, now I'm traumatized. Simply by spitting, I've been blessed, giving riches. In the media, the bitches cut themselves, I'm in the company of bitches. Plus the concepts I be kicked. So visual that you can kiss each and every trick of bitch.
necessary, we get paid. Look what you made, little kids getting sprayed. Day after day, and night after night. Battles and wars to the daylight. We might change and rearrange if you do something. Till then, we gonna keep it coming, Mr. President. And I meant every word in my letter to the president. <laughs> word motherfucking life. Fuck this nigga thing. Cutting taxes, taking off welfare. We supposed to just sit here, go broke, and die? Starving? Get real time again. Get real time. How you doing this evening? Yeah. 
I'm doing good, man. Just, uh, you know, doing what I do every day, you know, just trying to hold myself above and keep myself straight and keep myself going, man, you know? Right. Uh-huh. I'm feeling you on that one. Hold on just yep. a moment. From New York, Miss JT, how's it going tonight? Hey, how are you guys? I miss y'all both. How's everybody hey, doing? Hey, what's up? What's up, Pop Rocks? <laughs> <laughs> what's up? How are you, Sugar Ray? I'm good. I'm good. You know, hey, let me say something right quick and, and put an audience out there. I need to understand something because... I remember a while back ago, I called this brother, this brilliant brother, uh, Professor Griff. I called his radio show. And I called his show and I said, he said, who's calling? And I said, hey, this is Sugar Ray. He said, Sugar Ray? I said, yeah, Sugar Ray Robinson Jr. And he asked me, he said, hey, man, are you, hold up, brother, let me talk to you. I said, what's up? He said, are you any kin to the boxer or are you, I mean, I got to ask a question about these titles because brother had these titles and I want to make sure you're not, Sugar, you know, you're not gay or anything. I said, I said, brother, first of all, that brother's name is the boxer. His name is Walker Smith. My name is Norris Ray Robinson Jr. The sugar is kind of sweet because, hey, it's something I kind of grown over the years and something like that. He was like, oh, okay, you want to smooth, brother. And I said, yeah, but at the same time, it's an alter ego for when I want to deal with white supremacy. How that's how I fight white supremacy with that ego, the ego name, Shifley Robinson. I'm knocking motherfuckers out. <laughs> so he laughed, man. But it was a good conversation, man, from that point on, man. But I didn't want to put that out there, man, so people can get it twisted. Well, that, that, that's real smooth, Sugar Ray. You know what I'm saying? I, I like the way it's going down with that right there. That's all right, man. Hey, hey we got one more caller, and I got to let him in. Looks like a uh, caller from... Uh, Area code four one zero. Who we got in the building? Four one zero. You're on. Okay, what's well, no problem? You can just go ahead and listen in. Feel free. Okay, let's see. It what we got here. Might, might, might be some special agent or something. Might be some FBI. Or some. Or maybe be just a fan. Or maybe a nice person who's kind of shy or whatever. Hey, 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 they, hey, they welcome to man. Hold on, we got, we got a call from. One one one. Oh, that's one one one. Who we got in the building tonight? Greetings. How you guys doing? Hey, terrific, terrific. Who we got online tonight? <laughs> My name is Ocean, and I guess I'm blushing because I was just listening. I, you know, I didn't have anything to say. I was just enjoying the program. Okay, you get started. Not a problem, Ocean. Now that you've got me on, now that you've got me on, I do have a very pressing question. So should I pose my question to you now? Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. You know, as it relates to um, the Charleston terrorists, the Charleston terrorist attack, and uh, concerning the terrorist uh, Dylan Roof, People are saying all over social media that he put in his manifesto about the rape of white women. Now, I I, I downloaded a copy of that manifesto, and I don't find rape anywhere in there. He, he, he says that, well, let me just stop there, because maybe they took it out, and I think I got mine from 
um, maybe the New York Times, I'm not sure. But can you right. tell me about that? Why are people saying, alluding to rape? Well, because uh, of, of, of actually, well, sure, you want to feel that one because I can come in behind you. Well, let me say something about it. It was, it was basically something that one of the things he said, he said, you know, it was a witness of that he spared her life and she came back and she said that he wanted to, uh, you know, kill black people. And one of the things he said is because you guys are ripping at women and taking over our country. Those are some of, his, those are some of the words she said that he said. So people kind of like took it as it is and, 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 and basically just put it all over social media. But, to think about that, you know, that's one of those things that have been said a long time about, you know, everything bad about us black men basically think that we want their women. But at the same time, it's more of a situation where that's something they did to us from so many years. And at the same time, it's a little deeper than what you think it is because if you think about it, you know, um, they are in a situation where they are trying to uh, survive uh, genetically because, you know, um, one of the biggest fears of black men or anything like that is the fact that, and black women too, the fact that we can basically wipe them a whole entire race out, you know, with uh, the mixing of, of uh, with the mixing of genetics and something like that. So a genetic. Uh, Annihilation that he experienced. So that's basically what that is, and uh, and there's something used to that. So that's why they put all those social media. But I hope that answers your question. Well, yeah, but do you think that that's a positive thing, um, wiping them out? No, I don't. I, interracial well, relationships and children. Well, it, it's not. It, it is what it is. It's nature. But the thing I'm trying to say is, is though, is that. Um, that question about us wiping them out, um, if you look at how they're wiping us out compared to what we're wiping them out, I think what they're doing to wipe us out is totally wrong for what you're asking me. Because, I mean, wiping them out uh, from the mix from the mix of everything, that's, um, it is what it is. It's just, it's just that you mix black and white, it comes out black. You know, it's just... That's just in the false nature. So that's some Can of the fear. Re- I, I want to show you something real quick. Like when you, you say that, you can, you can say it, but you can't show me. <laughs> well, what in your mind's eye is what I'm saying. If I if if I can use this metaphor, I don't mean literally because I am not where you are. But when I say mm-hmm. show you something, I mean I want to have you use your mind's eye to fathom what I'm about to say. Can I move forward? Most definitely. Yes. Okay, so here's what I'm saying. You know, we say that, um, I hear this all the time, well, we are wiping them out, and that is their biggest fear. When in fact, you're not you, literally, but we are not helping them out or wiping them out by interbreeding with them. Actually, you're helping them. When we go back in history, we find that there are races and creeds of people who are built upon interracial relationships. 
And those people always, hear what I'm saying, I'm not saying sometimes, and I can give you plenty of bibliography, they always create a buffer and enslave the African. We can talk about the Arab slave trade. The Arab is a product of biracial relationships. We can talk about South Africa when the apartheid regime and the apartheid policy when it was challenged, it was the biracial South African that fought to keep it in place. And so then we come to the North American slave trade, which is as a result of the offspring of the biracial Moorish children mm-hmm. who came to the Americas. This is what uh, you know. a lot of people don't teach us. No, the white man didn't do it by itself. It was mulatto. Explorers who were with them and who were sailing with them who created carnage and enslaved Africans. That's who went into the interior and were uh, kidnapping Africans and at gunpoint. The biggest slave trader in West Africa, in Nigeria, Tipu Tip, was a biracial Moor. And you can see him at the Scotland library online. You can see a picture of him. They bragged on this man. They said he was a god. So I submit to you, you are not helping them, and you're not wiping them out. You're giving them a stronger genetic base to withstand the environment and the strong rays of the sun because a biracial person breeds with a white person and creates eumelanin that can give five more generations a better chance. I'm just saying. I yield the mic, and I thank you for your time. Hey, I, I, I like I like the way you broke that down, and that was that was very intelligent approach that you took to the show, mm-hmm. and and I appreciate hearing that. I think, however, what we're talking about as it relates to what we're talking about tonight, so far as this individual here and what he was doing, is that evidently his family or wherever he came from was also out of Africa in, in the Rhodesia area. And a lot of the philosophies of apartheid and the things that he learned, of course, as a young man, young folks being very influential to what they feel to be knowledgeable people, we usually take for granted that people that are senior in age to us or older than us are giving us rightful information, which is not rightful information. He himself actually pointed out that he wanted to start a race war and he wanted to do something very provocative, which he did, um, not in an ugly way, but it was provocative just the same. And he tried to attempt to do this whole thing based upon race. Where you have the the, the, uh, supremacy thing that goes on here in America, and you hear some of the the politicians out here that, in my mind, my mind's eye are just as violent and horrible because, to me, when you, you can do physical things to people, but when you do a psychological bashing, when you do when you spit the rhetoric that the NRA and your Mike Huckabee's and your uh, your senators, this lawmaker whose name I don't have right in front of me from South Carolina today, let me have to, let me let me bring that up as we speak because this is very poignant to what we're talking about. We have a, a South Carolina uh, legislator who's from the state of South Carolina, and his uh, his name is Chumley. Um, it's a, a state representative, Bill Chumley, who said that the nine victims waited their turn to be shot. You have Mike Huckabee uh, saying, uh, from Arkansas saying 
and he believes that, you know, uh, those victims that who uh, perished in, in the church shooting would have been, uh, you know, uh, better off if they had carried guns to, 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 the, to this Bible study. Now, I don't know where they come from or how they do their business or how they worship or, you know, what they were raised on, but as a rule, which used to be up until this point a common sense rule, is that you don't take your gun into a church and have your gun by you, and that's not what's on your mind when you go to church. You go to church to, um, you know, worship under, you know, the, uh, the Prince of Peace. You know, you know, everyone refers to Martin Luther King, but Jesus, I believe, was the first one who was given the title Prince of Peace. So you're going there in a, in a peaceful, respectable, uh, spiritual modem, and you have someone that comes in and does something that's so reprehensible that it even makes southern lawmakers uh, want to kind of abandon old traditions and get away from maybe something that their fathers and and forefathers and great-grandfathers dealt with, and that's, you know, the white supremacy end of what's going on. But when you have lawmakers and organizations like the National Rifle Association saying that it is the people who got shot's fault that they got shot and all they were doing was coming to church, then that, that... Kind of speaks from a different thing, and like I said, I don't. I'm not. I'm not downplaying with, with, with the way you came in because what you said was probably factual and, and and was good information. But once we got here, once we were, you know, however we got here, when we got here, the treatment from the point when we arrived from the inception of this country to where we're at right now is kind of more or less the, the angle that I'm looking at it with. But I don't discount what you just said, and I'm gonna I'm gonna yield the floor because I don't wanna. I don't want to run on and on, but that's kind of the the, uh, the flavor of, of which I, why I, I just, after, you know, with everything from Ferguson and now, I haven't had talk shows in almost six months, and now I'm going to start having them because there's just really too much that's going on. So anyone else want to go ahead and jump in there, go ahead. Yeah, you know, um, mm-hmm. go ahead. Uh, anybody want to say anything? Um... What can I say? I feel bad for all the victims because, you know, at the end of the day, um, he did something very selfish. He took away people that are mothers and, and you know, aunts, uncles away from people. And um, they're the ones who's going to be feeling that even after the media and stuff leaves and everything, they're the ones that's going to be feeling the grief every day of their life. So I would say for people to please pray for their families. Please pray for their kids, you know. And um, I have to say I have a lot of mixed people in my family, and my great-grandmother was a white woman from England, and, you know, and I always heard as a child and stuff like that, like now when you see, like, people mix and stuff like that, um, honestly, I always knew that and – I don't want to offend anybody. Don't judge me when I say this, but um, there's a lot of white people that think that we're just ever, all the racists that's out here. Even if you're mixed, you're still you're still black to them. You're still black, and you're still the N word. Period. You go down south, no matter what, you're Mexican, Italian, never mind. To them, you're all ends. That's it. And they're always going to treat you like that. There's two sides. That's how they feel. And on the whole, I watched a documentary about um, slavery, 
And there's actually a family that's in Africa that made money off of slave trading. For them, it was a way for them to make money. So I guess they didn't really know how how big it was going to be when it got to here to America. But there's families that actually in Africa that benefit over trading um, their own people. So that's all I got to say. Okay. Yes. And what's your name again, the lady? Um, what is your name? Are you her name is Ocean. Oh, Ocean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ocean. What do you call this well, Can I, I, I would rather, well, I'm not anonymous, but I would rather not That's, say. However you're comfortable. I'm a, I'm a like wee that. bit controversial. Yeah. I, I do no. have another statement. I, I would like to go just a little bit further into this as far as the manifesto is concerned. When And I read through it and I highlighted some things in here. And I, I, when you get into the mind of this, of this uh, terrorist, if in fact it is him who wrote this and these are his feelings, I, I doubt that these are just his feelings alone. I think these are, these are um, a collection of feelings. From a group of people, um, and this is what he has been hearing. This is has this has been imparted into his spirit right here. But I, I find it strange that no one's talking about how he sees other nationalities, races, and creeds of people. And when he speaks about the Jewish man, he says that, regardless to what na- white nationalists think. He sees the Jewish man as Caucasian, and the Jewish man is Caucasian. He will be right about that. So some of this lets me know that he is ignorant to the games that are played with nationality. But then, and when he when he speaks about Hispanics, we in the black community, we say people of color, uh, uh, we're all the same. But this man here says that Hispanics, he says here, I'm going to read it. He says they have respect for white beauty, and a good portion of Hispanics are white. It is a well-known fact that white white Hispanics make up the elite of most Hispanic countries. There is good white blood we're saving, and he goes on to give these these countries here. And then when he talks about East Asians, he pretty much goes into the same thing. So I, I'm talking about the dichotomy as to how we start sales and how a nucleus of white folk who are racist, you know, see us. Not that it's so important, but many of those people make public policy that affect us. So I wonder if at the end of the day we are seeing that these people that he mentioned, Jewish, East Asian, and Hispanic, they are not being heralded by night and hurried by day like we are. They're not being shot down like the black man and the black woman. So when we start talking about people of color and we all just want people, no, not everybody's being shot. And right. I, I, right. I get a little angry right. when I think about those senior citizens. And he said somebody somebody had to be brave. I don't think it's brave to shoot senior citizens in a church in the back of the head. No, this is a coward and I believe the cowardly behavior of the white man is why his woman runs after black men. 
Can I inject something real quick? One thing I want you to know about this guy, and this is what this is probably goes back to your situation when you was asking about raping uh, all the women. Well, he had lost a girlfriend to a black, a young a young black dude that was kind of pissed him off a little bit. That, had, that was in there. Also, at the same time, he has a ninth grade ninth grade education, but at the same time, I think some of the stuff that he was learning over time, he's been listening to a lot of stuff. You know, at the same time, he's been kind of like had a lot of free time on his hand. He's in the in the barrel of the South. And at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised, and I still believe this, that he's the front man for somebody for some other things because he went there for the minister. Now, what I say about he said he wanted to kill black people. Well, you mean to tell me you're going to drive 120 miles and go directly to that church and don't see no black people? Because South Carolina is flooded with black people. So it's more to it than killing black people. I think it's more of a situation that he he wants to assassinate that uh, senator. That's what he wants to do. For what reason? I think it's the reason, like I said, he's a front man for somebody else. I'm just looking into it, and that's my uh, my idea, what I believe, my opinion, and what I see of it. Yeah, well, well the senator, the, I, I want to tell you, you guys, this: the senator was putting forth legislation to have the cops wear body cameras, hmm. and people believe that's the reason he was assassinated because of that piece of. Of um, because that piece of uh, excuse me, I'm, uh, the word is not coming to legislation that right. he was pushing forward to have these abusive cops wear body cameras, you know, and right. that would have crippled all of this degenerate behavior. Them having to wear body cameras—that's a big thing, and and people need to be mindful of these agencies, your police departments came out of patrollers after the Civil War, after slavery. Patrollers, they used to chase down slaves and hang them, maim them, bring them back, Mm -hmm. let their dogs chew them up. The police department comes also out of the Scottish Rite. You know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but understand that just because the Klansman would hang his uniform in the back of the closet and put his police uniform on. Don't mean they don't still do that. They don't wear that hooded right. Right. Uh, Masonic Morse uniform anymore. Now they wear football jerseys, white T-shirts, flannel shirts, just whatever. They're you know? judges. They're judges that exactly. got moved. The judge that got moved at the South Carolina thing that was there. Some of the things he was saying when they had the kid in there. He was talking about praying for the family of of the killer. About did you hear you that? Know, yeah, he did was. I heard all it. Yeah, they had to remove You know, it's going. He's a clown. It's going to give some of us high blood pressure. This case right here, because when that right. man said, that judge said, "Well, now, now, you need to take into consideration that his family is, you know, they're hurting too." You would have thought that this was the end of the trial and they were going to hang this creepy cracker. Hey, excuse that's, me. That's, excuse yeah, me. Excuse me. Hey, excuse me. Hey, baby, you can go there. I understand how you feel. Yeah. That's, 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 that's,
this, I'm going to tell you this, Ocean. I'm going to tell you this, and I've learned this, and, I, and you know, I'm learning from you also as we go along. But what I'm saying to you is I have to reframe a little bit from dealing with uh, a lot of stuff that I see on TV or something. It's hard to get away from it because I'm very passionate and I'm into it very heavily because I care about us. But one of the things that goes on, being black and watching these TV and all the stuff that's going on with us, it does cause high blood pressure. It does cause, it's it's traumatic. There's some situations that goes on that people in the other world, any other nationality don't have no clue about. They have no clue about. Because think about it, you, me, all of us, there's a serious concern about our safeties and other people's safety because anything that we see on TV, we know it can happen to us. It has a domino effect. Don't nobody else have that problem. We do. No, sir. No, they don't. And, you know, and that's and that's, a, and that's a, So you got to. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I try to, man. I try to read and try to do much as I can, but the situation is very, very traumatic. Well, do you? I, I, let me ask you this, sir. Do you feel we need to take stock? I, I, I just want to say this quickly and get out of your way, sir. But I, I feel like we need to take stock. I, I feel like we need to have a well, – when I say take stock, my dad always says that. In other words, given accounting of what's ailing us, I feel like we as a people, when we think about our situation here in this North American container, we have just lost too much over this white woman. Yeah. You know, not all of us are into white women. That's how we lost Black Wall Street. The white right. woman cried rape, and they burned, you know – down untold well that's how we lost Emmett Till that's how we I mean is think about the fortunes that have been lost and the people that have been hung and here you go this guy come to find out he lost a a woman to a black guy and so that's why he's saying in here that people are fanatical about white women having babies by black men I'm just going to be real and lay the axe at the root of the tree here I am sick of the black community taking losses over white women. Oh, tell me about okay. it. Tell me. I'm, I am too. We, I we am need too. to, yeah, yeah. Oh, we boy. need to get over this white chick because she ain't all that. She's not. That's number She's one. Not even close. And we've got Ye. stuff to do. I mean, guys act like they walking off into the sunset because they got a white woman. Every time I turn around, somebody is blaming a black guy for something. Like that Susan Smith chick, a black guy killed her kids. I mean, they just, because they have gotten so comfortable with black guys being all up in their face that they're willing to let carnage happen to all of us. What these black senior citizens had nothing to do with the vagina of a white woman. They could care less. These people were in their 60s and 70s. That, this breaks my heart. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, I, and I'm telling you, I'm Sick. I'm sick of this, and and I, I tell you this. I'm taking a stand. I'm not losing nothing over no white woman. So I'm whether it be friend, family, or foe, all booed up with a white woman. I'm cutting you out of my life. Amen. I like that, sister. I like that. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. You know, everybody on this, everybody on here feel that same way. I have to say yeah. that. You know, I know I know my man Klaus. He feels the same way. And I know Pop Rocks feel the same way about white men. And the thing I'm trying to say is that, you know, we right now, we have to, some men and some women, some men 
we got to cut our losses with them because a lot of them are lost and ain't trying to be found. And I got to that point in my life to where I'm, 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 I'm getting, I'm, I want to, I wish I could save everybody. I'm trying to get a circle of people that I can really build somewhere. But one of the biggest things I feel that our problem is, is the coonery that we have out there. There's a lot of that going on because we get some stuff going on. It's always somebody interjecting another black dog, fighting this, a crab in the barrel thing. We can always fight this situation. But one thing about white supremacy is always have a deck, has always had something in its card on its sleeve. And that code is one of the things they stood to basically uh, kind of throw us off a little bit. And at the same time, the white man can't get you here, send this white woman. That's what you do. See these basketball players, these football players, see the thing about it? They're lost get to the point to where they get up in the situation of doing this and getting all this money and they feel like, hey, I got this, everything's okay, everything's all right. And they're sending a white woman nowhere, like Michael Jordan, the billionaire, the other white woman. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, think about this, bro. Now he doesn't, at the beginning, he never did focus on black people. Now he really don't focus on black black people because he can't bring his white woman to, the, to a black function because his white woman feel out of place and he don't want to do that. See what I'm saying? That's He's true. a billionaire. He's a billionaire. A billion dollars a year. This dude could take care and buy up some land and help out him and Floyd Mayweather, LeBron James, and, and all these guys could buy so much and do so much for the black uh, community, the black people, period. That's not part of what A lot of them do that. That's, um, a lot of them do that. That has good careers. They, when they get money, especially men, like I see here in New York, when the men got money, they don't mess with no black girls. No. They leave oh, yeah. the hood girls for, for for the, you know. Oh, yeah, they, the they, they go for it. Yeah, they look <laughs> good. I, I've never understood that, though, because I'm thinking in my mind, uh, who wiped your butt when you could? Who taught mm-hmm. you how to work your first steps? Who taught you how to, you know, how to, how to think and, 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 you know, and how to be a gentleman? Who taught, who taught you just who you were? I mean, your mother. They were raised by a black woman, but at the right, same time, right. you wonder if if they really like black. Even though they were raised by a black woman, do they feel like they're black? You know, a I lot goes on with people's you know, minds. I think it's like the sister said a little while ago. They feel that once they latch on uh, to these white women that somehow they graduated to another level of some kind, when in, mm-hmm. when in reality uh, sisters took care of, uh, couldn't even take care of their children like during slavery days because they had to make sure that Master Jim or Master Joe's kids was taken care of first. Um, a lot of the stuff that you hear, I mean, common stuff from the supposed secret recipe that Colonel Sanders had. That was Big Mama's recipe. They didn't know nothing about cooking. They didn't know nothing about taking care of nothing. And everything that they've established, at least in the last 20 years or 100 years from what I've seen, from I rap agree with you. They jazz, still do that. They yeah, still try to make something collard greens. They try to make it like a white cre- people made it. Right. They, they've never created anything. I just posted on my Flossy Jeezy Worldwide page, I just posted uh-huh. Vogue magazine taking African hairstyles and putting them on white models. 
And I'm thinking mm. to myself, okay, well, this African women's hairstyles, and, and, and you're showing how, you know, sisters wear and, uh, and present themselves in, in a fashionable uh, manner. I think a lot of things that you took, take and took with, from the tandem booth to get like us to whether it's music, art, sciences, or whatever, there are so many things that we have created that never get the airplay because for whatever reason you think that maybe it will take from the white culture. And, and and a lot of us, we don't try to educate ourselves. We don't try to figure out, you know, what, what the next move is. I mean, myself personally, like the sisters that said earlier, we have to take stock and accountability of of our own shortcomings too and build mm-hmm. from those, not badger ourselves or beat ourselves over the head with it, but we have to figure out a way to elevate, you know, ourselves so that we do, we, you know, we can do better. And with the events that have just happened, we must do better because the things that have transpired from there's a church burning in North Carolina tonight, right on the heels of this one. There's black yep. men being assaulted yep. and, and murdered. And then you do get blacks with elevation, and you get your Don Lemons that come in last night on CNN saying that, uh, suggesting uh, on the heels of this New York Times writer that President Obama, a standing black president, ought to apologize for slavery. And I'm thinking to myself, well, this has got to be some of the most back-assward stuff I've ever heard ever seen. But like the sister said, we have to take some stock. Hold on just a moment uh, and chew on that for a second. We've got some more calls. Let's see who we got online. 410, are you with us? Where are you calling from? It's okay if you just want to listen. Yeah, okay, I, I'm, I'm just listening. I'm good. Not a, not a problem. God bless. But we're, we're, we're going to go ahead and get it on in tonight. Uh, feel free to just relax. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I keep... Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, not 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 a problem. Just a moment. Okay, let's see here. We've got two four zero. Who do we got? Hey, this is Todd from Washington D.C. Hey, Todd from Washington D.C. Welcome, welcome to the uh, Flossy Jeezy Show Worldwide Black Love 2015 F1 America's War on Black America. Is there anything that you'd like to add to the forum tonight? Uh yeah. Um. We're definitely in the middle of a conflict, but I want to expand the chessboard a little bit bigger uh, because there's a bigger play here, and black people, like always, are always a key component to bringing about change, whether it be negative or positive. So in other words, you have some communities in the South where money doesn't really leave the community for a couple of cycles. It takes a while for money to leave the community a couple of cycles. In this country right now, this nation needs people in order to continue to exploit the system as it is. They need people to spend money and spend it fast. They don't need people to hold on to money. Now, I'm not saying that because that's what I want. I'm saying it because that's the way our economic institution has kind of fell to. You know, we're 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 printing like you know, we're printing more money than what we really have. So to keep the value we have to keep spending. So yes, you have whites in the South being attacked, but what's being attacked with them is their institutions. They've been in control for so long and that's all fine and great. 
up until you're not spending enough money. And and I know it sounds kind of weird, like it doesn't make any sense, but think about it this way. Think about it this way. If you stop using the U.S. dollar, for example, which is unrealistic because you got kind of sort of have to use it. But let's say you said, I'm going to start trading uh, sunflower seeds for merchandise, and we're going to start doing stuff in the community, and we're going to trade for sunflower seeds. Sunflower seeds can't be taxed because there's no president's face on it. It's not a USD currency. It's not any type of international government currency recognized by our government. So therefore, the government can't tax it. So in order to get you to use government money, what does the government have to do? They have to put regulations on different types of things that you do sell, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because they have to make money for roads, schools, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Now, those southern people, they have been arguing all the time that the race war is coming, the race war is coming, they're coming to take our guns and kick the doors open or whatever. Half of that is sort of true uh, only because they have not been subscribing to the integration model that this country has came up with, which is just to get people to spend more money together. And because they're not doing that, yes, they will come under attack at some point, which you see in it now. They're not appeased. They're not talking about taking down the Confederate flag because they really care so much about black folks. That's not what this is about. You know, this situation happened. This is about the money. This is about the fact that Walmart is not selling stuff with the Confederate flag on it. This is the fact that Amazon is taking down the sale of Confederate flag and Confederate memorabilia with the Confederate flag emblem on it. This is the fact that you have 10 years of, of uh, a boycott on, on the purchase and buying of certain things in the South, which has come to a head now because of this issue where you now have white people joining in on not buying this stuff. It's like, it's like all of a sudden they don't care about it until white folks jump in and stop buying. And the only reason that white folks are even jumping in with black folks right now is simply because they have egg on their face. You have to understand that one of the worst things you can do to white people is embarrass them or put them in a, a state of shame. See, it's one right. thing when they're treating you a certain way within a state, behind state lines, etc. But when the whole world sees certain things, it contradicts all of the agreements that have ever been signed, written, the reputation of the nation with the flag stamp. It contradicts everything, and they just can't have that because it just, you know, it just contradicts. So they kind of sort of need you to an extent, not because they love you so much, but because this is their contribution to the world that they somehow have saved you. This is the greatest nation in the world, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. But you need to understand that this chessboard, yes, some of those white folks, those southern white folks with this old mentality or whatnot, they are also under attack. They've been getting away with stuff for a long time. Right. You know, it is, it is amazing what you just said a minute ago because, um, and not only through studying Malcolm X, but also watching the film, he said the same thing that you said. America looks very hypocritical to denounce things that are going on overseas and saying things and, and trying to make policy and using up our, our children's lives as well as everything else that goes on. Because, you know, as an ex-Marine, 
I know for a fact that there are more minorities on the front lines and in the infantry than any other portions uh, that the military offers when they go to sending people over first. You talk to that president's own, you know, Marines first thing. You like to send all your minorities to the front lines, and more of us are in the infantry than anything because we're the ones that actually get the, the front line thing done. But long story short, Malcolm said that it's, it's hypocritical to do it, and recently the United Nations was starting to really um, tighten down the belt on listening to what the United States has had to say, which you spying on every other country, which you you know doing some of the abominations that you're doing here, the continuous murdering of our our youth, you know, the continuous uh, you know uh, you know women being beat up on the side of highways out in California. It's not just a southern problem. I mean, you you get all this lawless stuff that's going on. People getting choked out and killed. And then, you know, you're going with the catchphrase, you know, I feared for my life. What the sister said earlier about the body cameras also made sense because you think about the fact that that individual who shot the brother in the back down there, again, in, in near Charleston or in Charleston, and then the police officer gets indicted, and then this clown comes and he snaps, and he goes with the Trayvon Martin thing. But if you remember, the first person that used I feared for my life was George Zimmerman. So, I mean, this, 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 this is a script that goes and plays over and over again, and it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that um, we have to be used as the negative buffer, so to speak, to, for these people's frustrations. But at some point, you either communicate with us or there is going to be, uh, you know, a larger problem. And, and, and we're not, we're not, you know, mom and dad and, Grandma and Grandpa, you know, black folks have a pretty advanced theory of what protection means. So you either negotiate yeah. now, whether it's financial or, you know, your own physical well-being, because at some point our children may be the the line in the sand where we start taking action that might not be conducive to what you guys feel should be. Because, I mean, you, if you saw a precursor of that up in Baltimore, up in your area of the country, where those blacks were driving those policemen back, and they had to go get the reserves. But uh, like I said, you know, word to the wise, you might want to communicate why things are, are communicable at this point. Go ahead. You know what, to echo off, you read about that, Flossie, to echo, echo what my man said, basically what you're saying, they're a little nervous. They're basically uncomfortable because they're in a position and they feel that like they're losing something. Because, and you said it's an egg on your face. It's one of those things where they just, because think about it. They put us in a situation right now where they are, their whole entire, Charleston's put in the forefront. And the people down south, man, they had things were so tight-knit to the point where everything was traditional and it's going, it's always, even, even the black people were just content and just going on with everything. But this situation, man, just like Ferguson, just like Baltimore, the funny thing is, man, is this. We may have to go through some situations to where some things tragic may have to happen to get changed. And when I say that, yeah, because think about it. You know, I listened to Farrakhan one time and he was talking about how you know, things happen, but things will have to, some things will have to be destroyed. 
there's going to have to be some lives lost. It's bad that it's at, at our expense. But at the same time, in this information age, there are situations that are coming to light that's been happening for years that nobody knew anything about. What's going on now happening in the 90s, 80s, 70s. It's been going on. We just right now visually seeing it on technology. And the thing about it is, as we continue to go and things continue to roll on, I can see what you're saying to where they are like a little to the point where like, ooh, I don't know if I can do this. Like the situation about them taking the roof to Burger King and all that type of shit. That stuff is coming out, man. So now they're under surveillance hard. Because all these cops and all these cops in the South, they all—they take dirt money. They do all the dirt. They let guys, they judge. They had to remove him. He's been doing this for a long time. There was something on him about uh, he did something a few years back. But he's still there until now. They had to remove him. Excuse me, so, did you say they took the terrorist to Burger King? You're not, you, yes. you mean after he was arre- has been arrested and incarcerated, yes. they have taken him to Burger yes. King? Yes. yes. Oh, I'm through. I'm through. I'm through. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm through. Yes. I'm this through. is what I'm saying. But this is this is this is this is nothing new, though. I mean, what? I mean, no. Trust, trust me. Trust me. I mean, that's bad in itself. But what I'm trying to say, this is nothing new. This is white supremacy. This is the benefit they've been having for so many long. This is how they take care of themselves. This is some of the stuff they sweep under the rug. It's coming to but, light. But how do we right- know this is not a rumor? Is this true? Is this real that they took no, this? That that happened. That that actually happened. Wow. But you know what, um, Sugar Ray? It's the fact that um I definitely noticed like, you know, like um when people work and everything, I realized that when it's a problem like if you're in you know, you're at your job and everything and white people always stand up for each other, even if their person is wrong. But black people don't do that. If you're asking trouble at work, a black person gonna mind their business. They're gonna not gonna stand up for you. Well, we and that always that, happens. We're the, we're the only race that have coons. There's no other race that has that. I mean, you have people who you have other people that may do things that kind of like deflect and kind of like don't pay attention to it. But at the same time, we are the only. I mean, you we we step on each other so badly. There are other people that may do things, but there's nobody do things bad as we do to each other. Especially after all we've been through, because you would never find another Jew doing another Jew like that. But why do you guys think that is? Why do you think we do that? And and if you guys can be really, really honest, because she is exactly right. Why why do you think that we do that? And and I'll tell you after you all finish what my the reason my dad said we do that. And when you guys want to get that, I I think one of the reasons we do that, and I I don't want to just sound cliche. But I think one of the reasons that we do it is that we've been taught to hate ourselves so long in, in so many different ways. We're, 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 we're afraid to trust each other. We hate to see one of the other elevate while the other one's not. We have, you know, jealousies and when you can when you can divide and conquer a people, you can control a people. 
when you can take some and you can set them as high up as you feel they can achieve. See, one thing we have to realize is that in this particular country and scenario, we're allowed to control everything that we do except for our own destiny. And so long as the the power brokers, the people with the money, whether it's your entertainers, your sports figures, or whoever else it is, you know, everything is a trickling down effect. And, and, and water and whatever else you want, where you want to put it, we got ladies on the phone, so I'll be I'll be be gentle about it. Things roll downhill. Stuff goes downhill. Matter rolls downhill. And until we get the the, the the folks that who have everything, or at least appear to have everything, because like Sugar Ray always broke it down to me, we're rich but we're not wealthy because as long as we have to depend on someone else, we're not wealthy. We just some of us have a lot of money. And we're just rich. I think it just comes down to a matter of trust. I don't think we trust each other enough to, to nurture each other and, 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 and truly have each other's backs because we're so afraid of showing vulnerability to our own. We're so afraid of, of showing. If you notice, whether it's a pyramid scheme or whether it's a collaborative effort, Asians are thick as thieves. They, they don't to take care of the people here in the United States but they set it up so that the people back home get paid and that they continue to filter and filter and filter in their people in here. you got folks from Europe that are allowed to do the same thing. For whatever reason, they've decided to close off, uh, you know, the, the, the border down south to Hispanics, even though everything is named Las Cruces and, and Los Angeles and everything Hispanic, and they were there first. This whole thing with us, is that where we don't spend enough time actually trying to to come together to, as, as a people. We're, it's almost as if there's a fear factor because, like I said, you got the man hating us and we got internal strife. And until we can yeah. get the internal strife taken care of and get the financial thing to, to and have the marriage, the financial stuff with the with 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 the, with the mind over matter stuff and the and and the, and like I said, and the trust factors. Until we can get those three things together, we're going to continue to sit up and, 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 and as George Clinton said, why, why does the dog chase the cat? Well, well, the dog is chasing his own tail, too. And until we learn how to learn how to trust each other and, and, and those who have learn how to share that wealth and, and, and try to build, with something that um, Sugar Ray posted in Black Planet, Farrakhan said, quit twerking and start working and quit begging this man for his stuff. As long as we stay yeah. mentally enslaved, we're gonna we're gonna stay where we're at. I mean, that's my take on it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. I think, you know, I think I I really believe everything is passed through generation. I think everybody has a DNA or something like that, and genetically is passed on. And I feel like one thing about black people and all other people, when we came here, there's always been a house nigger and there's always been a field nigger. And the thing about it is, it's always been somebody who's always kissing up the massa. It's always somebody who's defiant. Those are two divisions that were started way back then. And it still goes on today. But even though other nationalities and everything basically have their own thing, because everybody else pretty much has uh, a country behind them. I bet yet they have... They have a, 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 a real culture that they really loyal to. We we're not we have some like you could right now you could talk to some people right now they couldn't even tell you about 
the African American flag. They don't do anything about that. They don't acknowledge it. But what I'm trying to say is, though, is that I just feel like back in slavery, that's what divided us right there. That's going on today. We're going to always have that. That's one thing we're going to always, we'll never have us on one as one, all as one. There's going to be a group of us as one. There's always going to be the ones on the outside who think they're better. And we have to understand that those people, we're going to have to look how they are who they are. And have to understand, like if they say, hey, we eat reparations, get your own land, you can have Texas, you can have Louisiana, you can have Georgia, you can have all Florida, you can have all that. If we used to go and get that land, we'll get that land. We'll move there. But if anybody else want to live with other population, that's fine. But the majority of the people that are going to live with the population out there are going to stick their nose up in the air to us. They ain't going to be part of it because they're going to think they're better. We don't always have that. So I have acknowledged that and understood that. And I can see a coon. I can see somebody who thinks they're better. Because I don't think, one thing about it, I love black people. I don't, no matter what's going on, I love them all. I always greet and always talk and always show respect until you show me something different. But to understand that's what it is, house nigga in the field nigga, it's going to always be that way. That's true. You know, I agree with you. You know, I, I'll, I'll tell you from from my experience. Um, there was a time when I was younger that people used to say I was a coon, and, and I'll tell you why they used to say it. Because I was just really, really different, and I didn't really. And and a lot of the reason why is because the first couple years of my life, I was sick as a kid, so I spent a lot of time by myself. And as time went on, I spent a lot of time by myself reading and doing all these different things. And so I didn't have access to a lot of TV and all the other stuff. So, I, you know, when you don't have access to a lot of cultural stuff, it's hard for you to relate to other people, you know, on a wavelength that they're relating to. Now, when I got older, that changed because, you know, you're not sick anymore. Everything's great. You're hanging out with people, et cetera. But I always used to think to myself, we can do better than some of the things that we're doing, not because white people are doing it, but because all of our ancestors that have broke ground to make the things. I mean, you look at um, Roy Clay Sr. He architect the um, compact uh, Hewlett-Packard computer, the first compact computer that they made. They were trying right. to make a personal computer that, could sit on the table and actually be a PC, and he designed that whole industrial design. He designed it inside and out. Um, you look at a bunch of other people. So I said to myself, I don't understand why it's so foreign to be divergent. Why is it so? Now, I also was in the Marines. Um, I, I went off and did a lot of things. I went to college. I did a lot of things. My head was in a lot of different places, but I just had this mindset where why limit yourself? Because if you stay tribal minded, there's nothing wrong with being a tribe, but tribes right. get slaughtered. Tribes right. get slaughtered because everybody else is trying to take from you. Everybody's always thinking about how they can take from you. So if you don't learn how to expand into areas yourself, somebody's just going to come right over into your space. So one of the hot moments for me was, I remember when I was in the military, we would learn. This was we don't rely on it as much anymore. We were learning that land navigation, right? Now, land right. navigation sounds pretty simple, you know, and it depends on what terrain you're in. 
Um, whether you got to shoot a bunch of back asthmas before, you know, if you get off track and all this different stuff, it just depends on what terrain you're in. But I saw, you know, you had a couple of black people on one side, and they seem like they're waiting for these white people to be in that group because they don't know if they're going to make it out there in the woods by themselves. And I said, I understood because, you know, you might not have had a lot of, you know, experience doing different things. But when we were having our free time and free moments and stuff like that, nobody was trying to get better at the skills that were going to give us higher marks. And so when even outside of the military and other things, nobody seemed interested in the skills. I'm not saying everybody was like that, that were going to allow us to be more independent. And so what they used to say about me is, he's an Uncle Tom, he's a coon. Now, you know, sometime later, I remember I took a job once, and I'm going to make it short. I took this job one time just because I needed money. And when I moved to another state, and I was managing this store temporarily. I just needed money for the time being. And I tell this story all the time. I had a group of black people working under me. And I, I thought it was a cool crew. You know, we did everything, but I understood that if we didn't keep our numbers the way that they needed to be, corporate was going to come in and shake things up and you were going to see new faces. You were not going to see the same people. They're going to bring white folks in there. So I told him, I said, every day, as long as we do, we got to do and put these numbers what we're supposed to do, then I can afford to hire more people in this neighborhood. I can hire who lives here. Right, right. But if you don't do what we have to do and put forth those numbers every day and stay competitive with these other companies out here, I'm going to lose that ability. And they didn't respect it. They say, oh, now that he rose up to manager of the store, you know, he uppity, all this, that, and other. No, I have to walk like that. Because if I don't do these things, we're not going to have a place to work. So they didn't respect it. You had people stealing from the store. You had people doing different things. You had all this stuff. And I didn't fire them. Corporate came in and took that ability from me and did that and when I turned back around I had a bunch of whites and Asian people working in that store I'm the only black person in that store right I can't hire any more people from that neighborhood they didn't say it out loud but that's what they meant you can't hire anybody else from this neighborhood so you know what let me say this Ty I've heard you on several programs before and I think you might need to deal with and investigate your resentment of black folk. You say some of the ugliest things about black women, and you always have really bad experiences with black folk. I'm not saying that it it doesn't exist, but I want you to know that I'm mindful that there's three sides to every story. There's your version, those black folks' version, and then there's the truth. That goes for me and everybody else, you know, how we see our situation. And, and and maybe they did happen, but you have so many bad experiences with black folks. You might want to investigate that because I think as a people, um, we we have got to be really honest about what's ailing us. And I don't think we are even mature enough to talk about it. There is a problem, a cancer in the black community, and uh, everybody's too arrogant. And too vain to even talk about it 
and it's extremely embarrassing. But we know what it is, but we don't dare speak about it. So until we can deal with that, we're never going to be able to be a cohesive unit. Right. It's the vulnerability factor. It's the vulnerability factor. You know, know, with men, of course, you know, we definitely don't always want to deal with with, with being vulnerable or or allowing ourselves to be vulnerable because, you know, we're so caught up in in modern times of worrying about being played and all this this other kind of stuff. But, But in reality... Until we can learn, you know, tr- trust, tr- trust, and 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 uh, self awareness is it goes hand in hand with each other, and you have to learn how to trust yourself first. You have to learn how to trust yourself enough to say, "Look, I'm going to try to at least try to figure out a way to first examine myself because I, I have to fix me first, and then see what you can do to help the next person, and then on." And then continue to have conversations when, because everybody on here tonight has said something, you know, intelligent and, and useful. And, and, and caller, I, I know that you've been waiting to get it. I'm going to let you in in just a moment. But we have to continue to have these types of conversations and continue to try to, you know, work through these problems and stuff because it doesn't always start with a whole lot of people making things happen. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. we we're almost like in our in an infant stage, so to speak, where we trying to get together, trying to figure things out. And it is unfortunate that tragedy continues to happen the way it does and befall our communities the way it does. And it gets to the point where, like I said, I haven't done, I usually do music shows and produce music, but I usually don't really get into the talk shows like I used to. But there has been so much stuff that has been going on from, you know, you know all these unarmed killings, to uh, you know the stuff that we're seeing down south, I wish we could say it's, it was it's still a southern problem. I wish we could quantify it into that type of uh, of uh, you know situation, but unfortunately, it's a lot larger than south now because a lot of people who had the southern mentality on the negative end moved up moved up uh, north and said and out west out here in Portland where I'm at. So I mean you know you you can't run from it. But what we have to learn how to do as black people is to go back to the old school where we kind of trust each other because as this man killed and destroyed our leaders, whether it's Malcolm, Medgar, Martin, or or whoever else they assassinate, whether it's, you know, Black Panthers or whatever, whatever it was, they have always figured out a way to get in and systematically let us have it. And if we don't have some kind of cohesion, we'll be running around here looking just like Swiss cheese, raggedier than a bowl of sauerkraut, and they'll continue to do what they're doing. And I just feel that at some point, you know, like I said, the generation behind us doesn't know anything about kumbaya or ya and and, and, and the self-protection mechanism that's out here. Although, you know, I just wish that, a lot of this energy, and I wish that people could look inside the lens of this microscope and look down on that on that petri dish and see that murdering your own brother has never been the answer to solving tribal problems, especially mm-hmm. when the larger problem is not from the guy with the khakis on; it's from the guy mm-hmm. that has the necktie and trying to give you a necktie. 
if you know what I mean. That's true. Yeah, you know. Hey, can I say something one time, man? I want to. I want to go back to my man over at DC. What he was saying. I want to share this with you, man. One thing I want you to know is about white supremacy is this: is that when you say you're the only person that would work there, and everybody else is Asian and this and that, the person, the people that own it, are white, and they use you to deal with black people, and they use you to the point where they say, "Well, we let him deal with that," and. And the thing about it, it's a chess move. You understand it because they yeah, do that because I've been put in that position before, but I did, I handled it differently because I always I, I never I never put myself. I mean, I understand you saying I'm not being able to qualify or do this or whatever, whatever. But at the same time, if 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 it made you feel uncomfortable, then then right. But if you feel comfortable and you had no problem doing it. You might want to check yourself because think about it. it. When I don't know who shops there, I don't know how many black people buy there, but they use they use a certain person to say and it's a hill. He's a token. We use him. We got we got a woman. We got a black person. We they can't say we ain't got this. We ain't got that. But that's a problem right there. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like that situation is kind of not balanced. You know what I'm saying? And, and, they, and they put you in a bad situation. And they always want to use us against us. You know what I'm saying? And but they call they have a they have a very small amount, like one person that works there is black, and everybody else is any other color they want to be. And it may, it may be a normal situation, but they got to put you in an uncomfortable situation. It makes you feel like, damn, this is kind of fucked up. And you may want to talk to your manager and say, check this out. This ain't fat. This ain't right. Even though they're paying you, and if they're paying you well, then you, that doesn't still doesn't make it right, because it's it's that it's that situation that's not balanced. It makes it it makes it a very bad situation, and it makes and when people call you names and say things, that's the reason why because they don't understand the dynamic of what's going on with you. They just they just looking at it, the situation as it is, and if you're the guy to speaking to them about this and that, they feel like well we'll let him talk to his people. You know, him doing that. They put you in a bad situation. You know what I'm saying? I don't know the whole entire situation. It's just my opinion. But also, I'm going to ask you this question also, man, since we're also talking. You out there in D.C., I want to know how you guys feel about uh, Louis Farrakhan out there on October 10th in 2015. How do y'all feel about this upcoming uh, Me and Man March, the 20th uh, anniversary? Okay. I'll break it into into two parts. Um, I guess I'll start with the with Farrakhan situation. Um, that's going to be an interesting one. I I don't I don't know yet. Um, I'm waiting for it. It's going to be very interesting. You're going to have a lot of people probably participate um, this time around. Um, I remember the first one, uh, New York. If you remember, um, there were so many black people who were traveling down from New York down here and from all over it was just like the population just dropped their whole day in new york it was just amazing what to see all of those people in one place converge so that was i it. mean was there's it. definitely yeah yeah it was just wow you know so with all that's going on in the nation right now i don't know what to say with that because i know there's gonna be a lot of energy there and i, I can't wait to, to see that uh there's definitely gonna be some some 
some stuff to put on the table. Um, with the other situation, that was like some years ago, but um, the thing about that situation is, again, I moved to another area, and the reason why I got that position, again, I wasn't even supposed to have that account, period, but I spoke another language at that time. I still speak another language, kind of, sort of. And so they had a lot of uh, Hispanic customers coming in who did not really speak. And so they were losing a lot of clientele. And so I picked up a lot of those accounts. And so that's how my accounts got bigger than some of the other people's accounts. So I understood that that was going to be the case. And when they said, oh, would you want to take this position? I took it because it was there and I thought it would be a good opportunity. Now, as far as at the time, you had a lot of other people were black in that facility that were working. I, I, it was good in the beginning. I was having fun. You know, it was great. But I also understood what was coming because the area was changing. Gentrification was happening. And oh you've got to compete. So I said, you know, listen, I know eventually we, we don't, we're not all going to live, you know, work this job forever. This job is not forever. Everybody's going to move on to something else. I'm just here temporarily <laughs> myself. But don't mess up before you find something better to get into. So I set very little goals. I said, look, I'm going to set very little goals. Just hit those numbers. And then, you know, we're good. You don't have to worry about it. They won't come down here and visit. Nobody's going to bother you. You can do what you want. Just hit those numbers. Just put the money in the bank, and they, they'll leave us alone. Nobody come down here. Well, you, you, you got to deal with because when you're managing, you're dealing with behavior. So, you know, it was okay in the beginning, but some things, we had some social issues that were going on, and I don't want to get into it, where the numbers started to dwindle because of that. And it wasn't the first time. that You know, people had been fired before from there, before I was even the manager at that time. But it's just the fact that I realized that they were going to lose that location, all of them, because they could not compete with the – other locations who were encroaching in. Hey, and so we're going to hit that, we're gonna hit that gentrification in just a second, but there's some people that's been kind of holding on for a minute here. We're going to come right back to you. I'm just going to bring them in this moment. Uh, 111, we got on, on deck tonight. Uh, hi, this is Jaquiz Gibson. Uh, I just wanted to ask the lady uh, why she said or what the cancer was that she was describing in the black community. Is Ocean there? Hello? Ocean, Ocean, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. So who is that that posed that question to me? Uh, my name is Jaquees. I was just trying to ask you what the cancer was that you described in the community. Well, I was not going to describe it, so I just mentioned it. I don't think it's. You know, it's it's extremely controversial, and um, yeah, that, that's that's why I'm this... asking you. I mean, you don't you don't have to tell me. I was just wondering what what it was. I mean, it sounds pretty interesting. I I don't know what it is. That's why I ask you. No. Um, can I ask a question? Um, the guy that's calling right now, I'm not trying to be racist at all, but are you a white guy asking this question? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, you just sound like you are. So, <laughs> but I'm to ask. Uh, okay. 
Okay, hold on just Sorry. a second. Let me let me see. let me check on this other caller real quick. Two one six, you're in the building. Where are you calling from? Uh, yes, I'm calling from uh, Cleveland, and I'm CW three six two six nine six. All right, nice, nice. Well, uh, what do you have to add to the forum tonight? Well, I, I'm, I just tuned in, so I'm listening to the conversation to uh, to see where it goes. I'll, I'll chime in. Right now, I'm listening. Okay, beautiful. Okay, not a problem. Oh. All right. Oh, okay. Okay, now this this thing that was the, my man just mentioned. Uh, uh, DC, go ahead and finish what you were saying, and then we're gonna we're gonna get into that gentrification thing a little bit because that's 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 a wild horse right now. You know what I'm saying? A, a lot of uh, mom and mom and pop's property kind of going 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 up in the air there, and uh, we're not really able to wrestle that thing down. And a lot of us out here, particularly in Portland, Oregon, neighborhoods that used to be considered as we call uh, hoods and neighborhoods, no longer exist. And I, I think a lot of it was economics due to, to gas prices and the desire for uh, folks to uh, white folks to move into the area and and move us out, you know, at, at alarming rates. And then uh, after we get moved out, jack the prices up out there where we had and kind of reduce things in town. And uh, that that's that's really a a scandalous kind of thing. And if you if you get an opportunity. Uh, Check in on, on Wikipedia and look up the word gentrification. It's really a, a, a scary process because we're actually being tax-wise. I mean, you can't throw other people out. And sometimes when these mayors and governors have their annual meetings, they come up with these creative ideas from gentrification to bicycle lanes. And they spend like $10 million bucks out here of uh, people's utility money for bicycle lanes and other weird bureaucracy, but the gentrification one is one that really uh, eats away at our at our communities. Uh, go ahead, D.C., and finish what you were saying on, on how that affected you, your folks over there where you were at. Okay. Well, so, well, so can the I, can why... I say this real quick? Wait, wait, just a minute, Ty. I want to say this. There is a book that you guys might be interested in, um, but, and it's written by this gentleman. I'll get the name for you, but this guy, a professor, said that HUD has a lot to do with gentrification, um, mm. that they are, in fact, the culprit or the nucleus at a lot of the gentri- gentrification that goes on in America, unbeknownst mm-hmm. to other people, because what they do is they sponsor gentrification projects with the type of loans and the type of, I hate to say it, new wave redlining that they do. So, right. um, I, well, you guys go ahead and talk. I'm going to get you the name of that book, and you can look this guy up because he is he's given lectures, and it will just blow your mind. It will just blow your mind how he says that first happens is rents become so extremely high, and 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 cities become food deserts, and it just makes it almost impossible for people to to thrive. And then here comes a gentrification process, not knowing that this process has been in the making for about 20 years because people want to be close to industries. And so, you know, moving out to the suburbs, like like this guy said, uh, this terrorist said in his manifesto, he didn't want, he didn't think that that is the alternative living in the suburbs. 
that the nucleus is, is, is in the inner city, and that's where industry is. And if you could just get those people out of those areas and let them go to the cow pastures and the sticks, you see what I'm saying? But this guy's that's name your, is... Um, your, 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 your right. You said, you said what now? I said that's exactly what they did here. They 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 used the, the tax codes to, to to raise the property taxes, raise mm-hmm. the rents. And Portland was a real quiet city. It was thirty six biggest, and I think it's like number between number fifteen and number eighteen now, where everybody and their brother every 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 morning you go and you commute, you see license plates. So we're between Seattle and Los Angeles, and you see license plates everywhere from Boston to Georgia up there now. Because of, I guess it's because of the clean air, the way it is up here. And what, what Portland did for like four years is they went on report and went national with their paper, and they talked about how white Portland, how white Oregon, Washington, and Idaho were. And they actually went out and sponsored people, advocating people to move up here and telling the people of color who were traditionally in areas that we needed to get over the past and that gentrification was coming. And, of course, there's nothing that you can do about it. And they used the very tactic that you said. I mean, if they sit up and they buy uh, mom and pop's home for like 89000 turn around, fix it up, and put a little bit of, of a lipstick on a pig called a Miss America and sell it back to you for 400000 And it's going on all over the city, and it's all about economics. But for the people who weren't paying attention that, that uh, bit the bait and moved out to those suburb areas, they then jack up the prices of where you're at out there so that you can't afford to to uh, to see what's going on out there. It's a very crafty thing that they do. And like you said, it's been going on for about 20 years. And about 20 years ago is when they started having all these nice little efficient mayor's meetings where all the mayors from the different cities would meet in Atlanta or New York or wherever, and governors too, and they came up with this beautiful idea called you know, gentrification, and it it is a monster and a beast. And I'm telling you, if you don't, have, if we don't have our acts together. And I tell people all the time, any any black person that listen to me, put your quarters away, man. Save your money because you are next on that list to get priced out. A house that used to be eight hundred dollars a month out here is now seventeen to eighteen hundred dollars a month, and that's just for a rental. Wow. So, so I mean, it's oh, it's, it's higher up here in New York. It's high. Oh yeah. Yeah, they've been doing that. You'll be paying like nineteen fifty, even for like a two yeah. bedroom up here. Yeah, it's. I heard they're, you do, gotta, I heard they're doing it for Harlem big time right now. Oh, you know what's funny about Harlem? I'm gonna be honest. Harlem used to be like, um, it used to be like a black community, and now it's not like that anymore. Honestly, exactly. um, the white people actually go to school and go to work in Manhattan, but they don't live in Manhattan like that anymore. They live actually in Harlem because it's cheaper for them. And you will be amazed how many white people actually go on the train just to get off in um, Harlem. But that's what's happening up here. And you can tell. You don't really see that much black people like you used to. Another another huge reason why unification of our masses is important, like like Farrakhan said, uh, you know, we have to quit twerking and start working and start figuring out a way to build our own enterprises and, and, and figure stuff out one way or another mm-hmm. because 
the, the, the more time we take to get it together, the more time we take to, to figure out that your brother and your sister is still your brother and your sister, and, and quit murdering your own brother and sister because, and, you know, there's, there's this, this note, I guess, that so yeah, some guy came up with that said that thank you for 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 doing their job for them, for killing your own and for murdering your mm-hmm. own. You got to quit oh, murdering your own, too. There's a yeah. lot of ignorance about guns and stuff like that. You know what? And I always hear all the time that they will say that it's cheaper to buy guns down south. A lot of people up here in New York, they go down south. But the thing about it is is that um, they don't realize that the white man wants you to go buy them down south. The white man wants you to kill your own. When you kill your, kill your own kind, it, 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 makes, it makes their day because you're wiping your own kind out. And a lot of people are so ignorant that they don't realize they're doing that. They just realize that instead of talking it out or moving on, they think that killing someone makes up, makes a big difference. It doesn't. It doesn't. And you know what else, you know what else I want to say? I would be hard-pressed if I didn't mention this. I noticed that the, this white man is great at administration. And I noticed the one thing that he always does, whether it's gentrification or an old city or, or whatever, they they make the infrastructure work for their families. Those crackers be fucking everything up. Well, whoever that is. What do you mean, whoever that is? Well, the, the biggest thing that you have to worry about is the fact that when you start to see, and this is something that I saw, which ties into why I, 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 so many people lost jobs. When you do have a lot of uh, low-income housing programs for a lot of the homes, it's okay at first. But what happens is is that your local government will dictate where your child can go to school, especially if you're taking other type of aid. They'll say, okay, then they have to go to school in this district. And so in your area where you're at, they'll start putting charter schools because that's what happened why we had a lot of people, things were getting more expensive. They started putting a lot of charter schools and a lot of uh, big big, big uh, box stores and stuff in the area to get people to buy more stuff. Now, understand that your local government gets taxes many different ways, but one of the best ways they love to get taxes is to put a store in a place, or if they have a development that has a strip mall, each store that has high ticket sales, which means you have, let's say every ticket that goes out of that door has is over $100, right? The tax they put on top of each ticket that goes out of the store, the state is pulling part of their money out of that. So, Things like McDonald's and stuff like that, you know, that's not bad in its own when it's by itself. But when you start putting like when you build like a Target and then a Walmart and then you start putting these things nearer to areas that don't have a lot of money, you got to be careful. So a lot of people were spending that money and we had people um, buying stuff they couldn't afford, but they were buying themselves out of their neighborhood. Well, well, let me tell you why we can't. Why? Why that dog don't hunt? Because black folk in 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 the run of a two week period in dilapidated blighted neighborhoods 
will give $200,000 to a church. So all this money that they pour into the church, this is what I mean by the white man has great administrative skills. They don't pour all their money into churches. They pour their money into libraries and schools, infrastructure that is conducive to the community. Now, black folk used to do that. They used to do that before integration. They used to get together and have cookouts and sell uh, cars and labor and all kind of shit and build a schoolhouse and build a store and build a local community center and, and do these kinds of things. Now everybody is so stingy and so arrogant and ignorant at the same time, you can't give them to give money for nothing but the church or for their own asses. That's it. They don't care about the neighbor's child. They don't care if the kids in the area don't have a park to play in. They don't care about putting the the bumps in the street so uh, thugs can't just drive through really fast. They don't give a damn about anybody else, and that is a sign of degeneration. Can I ask a question? You know, there was something that was brought up to me before that was interesting, man, and it was it was a thing as far as the black black people in general. Hello. Hello? Yeah, can I ask a question? Go ahead. I was just going to ask, what makes everybody so sure that the system is white? Like when she talks about the libraries and the... 90 seconds. All the different establishments. Why are you only worried about what I say? There's I'm other not, people I, I on the phone. I just happened to hear you talking, so I asked a question. Well, what kind of question is that? You asked what, what makes us think it's a white. I think it's a pretty simple, simple question, considering that your president well, is let black. Me, let, me, let me see if I can, let me know see how it's trying to You really think we think, feel like he runs it? You, you really think that we feel like Barack Obama's re, truly running things? No, oh, I didn't he ain't say running that. nothing. Oh, please. They, 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 get out of here with that. Oh, come on. Get out of here with that. With Stop question? running anything. You know, that's How just to show, that's life? just to keep what? us busy. While they, you know, he's surrounded by white people. You know, anything that he wants, Wait, so any laws he wants to pass, so it's not going to happen because he's colors? still a black man. So we don't have black cops? So wait, we don't have black cops. Oh, I have black cops in my family. We don't have black cops all the time. I have black cops in my family. Let me see if I can answer that for you. Let me see if I can answer a piece of that for you. Oh, my gosh. I think that the reason that is presented or at least perceived that way is because for the same reason that black people can't be called racist. We don't control and learn shit. We don't own anything. I agree. Thing. Like I said, we we're rich, but we're but we're not wealthy. We uh we don't we don't control our own destiny. You understand what I'm saying? They, they, you know they they continue to do stuff. Yeah. And when and when and when and, and the fact that you can see black men on a, on a consistent basis being murdered, and all a cop has to do, even if you shoot him in the back, like they did in Chicago just last week. Uh-huh. And they say that I fear for my life, and at best they get a paid vacation. And and the fact that we, even though we do have at least in the physical form, 
a standing African American president, right? You follow me? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when we have a black standing president, he do, he doesn't control anything, and everything that he does gets voted down, overshadowed. Mm-hmm. For the first six years of his presidency, he had to kind of do everything that they said because even when it was stuff that was traditionally, traditionally speaking, um, you know, things that that white folks and Republicans stood for because this black man was trying to get get it done and get it in, right, they were able to basically stop him from everything he was doing. A, a latest uh, example of that was the immigration bill, okay? As long as you, ha- as long as you have a system that has systematically taken you down, redlined your communities, continue to be able to destroy you internally as a people, keep keep you out of the job market, hire other people, hire their own brothers through nepotism, and keep you out of being able to control your own destiny, yes, it is a white system. And although we have black cops, when some of these events go down, you even if you look at the back of some of the stories, even like with the Eric Gardners, the black cops, when, when, when Mayor de Blasio of New York made a statement because he has a black son about not trusting the police, the cops uh, 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 and, the, and the black cops said that they felt intimidated by the other white cops. Why? Because it is their system. We're allowed to do everything in this country but control our own destiny. And as long as we don't continue to chisel away at that and figure out a way to come as, as a cohesive unit, we're going to continue to have that problem. So, yes, this system is very white. Can I can I retort? Come on. Okay. Um, first of all, there is a statistic out there that I mean, this is documented in studies that more white people have been shot by cops than blacks. Number one, and this is in actual articles. Now, I'm not saying that it's true. I'm just saying it is in articles and it is out there. So that would shut down the first part. The second part, when you talk about Obama, Obama's clearly in somebody's pocket. Are they white colored? Yes. But to say just white, that goes into a lot of different ethnic backgrounds. The Illuminati, the people who control the world, are of British descent. So, yeah, they're white-complected, but they are not just white. So I just think it's weird to hear people go, oh, well, it's just this white system because it's actually not white. In fact, if anything, it's Asian because our country got sold out to the, to the Chinese already if you really know your stuff and really study we already got bought out so that's uh, who's actually uh, in control uh, but when you talk term. illuminati when you talk mm-hmm. illuminati let's understand something about illuminati you have you have four umbilists that control all the money you have the immobilarity in italy with the pope there's an umbilist there the umbilist in america mm-hmm. is the washington monument connected with 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 uh different and and the freemasons that came here to this country came from right. Europe. America does not control their own money. The money that is actually printed for the United States and the place that we have and the money that's under control right. is under European control. Why do you think we continue to stay tethered to England? It's not because we respect the Queen. Remember, we were the rebels that left that country. Our money, and, and, and then the, the other envelopes, of course, is where is where the eye of, that's on the back of the dollar that comes from the pyramids of Egypt and, and all the secrets that we call grave right. robbing here. It's called archaeology when they do it over here. The Illuminati is a Eurocentric thing. And once again, Europeans, as a rule, are white. 
But there, but see, that's the thing I don't get is isn't Europeans isn't that still a mixture of people like a mixture of different backgrounds? I mean, you can tell me I'm wrong. I don't know. Actually, it isn't because the only thing that separates Europe from Africa is the Arabian Sea, and what that connection up near Cape Horn is. That's what connects those two countries. Everything you got to remember during the tribal wars, when you had the separation of people from Africa that left Africa and went up to Europe, they went, and the reason why they call them uh, Caucasians is because they went up in the Caucasian mountains and, and lightened up and came out and were a different people and had their own system. They created their own money. They created their own uh, society. They created their own rules. And over time, those same tribes came back into Africa, colonialized them just like South Africa, took all the, 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 the riches and mineral rights out of Africa, made them their own, took the secrets out from Egypt, took that stuff, went back to Europe, and like I said before, controlled the world. And to this day, they still control the world. This is all based upon your Illuminati theory. So, yes, but I have Let me say this okay, also. Let me say this about the cops thing, man. You know, the situation about the cops, that, that, that situation that you threw out there, that does not exist. That is not even true, not even close. You can't tell me it doesn't exist because this is an art. You could look it up right now. I mean, this is. I'm looking article. at it right. I'm I'm looking at it right now. It's not it's not even close. And what I'm trying to say to you, what I'm trying to say to you, is that I don't know what your argument and what you're trying to say. I mean, as far as I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just saying you can't tell me that a study is not correct that is right there in front of you. I mean, you're not giving me any basis factually that it's wrong. You're just you saying have you don't want to. Can I help you? I can help you. I can help you. You're not giving but me here's, a But here's what he's not looking at. Here's what he's Caller. Caller, this is what you're not looking at. All of us have seen cops and different scenarios where the white guy, I even saw a white guy roundhouse five cops, and they told him if he didn't stop, they were going to tase him. Had that been a brother, they would have put six rounds in his head. That's cool. Well, you understand what, what I'm, I'm saying? Put, hold I'm up. White, hold up. Wait, when a white guy, no, no, hold on. When a white guy gets killed by a cop, when a white guy gets killed by a cop, that's because that he's done real. a bunch of shit. No, you're not what you're not well, you're doing. Talking about you're talking not, not real. I just told you, I, in the flesh, have been arrested illegally twice. What are you talking about? I went to ATL. They were letting out No, you're crazy. You're crazy. Why guys do all kind of me. stuff? Are you serious? How am I crazy right. for talking about my real life? I lived it. You ain't living shit. But you're but, but, you're but, talking but, about you. Wow. No, you don't, no, you don't know that, but you don't know where she lives because you don't know who she is. So you can't speak on that. That's first of all. So hold your hold, stay in your lane, player. Don't go out of there and try to tell somebody about their life or talk about you. They don't know you don't know what they've been in. And you don't know anything about that person. Mm-hmm. Simmer down so now. You can't do that. Don't be offensive. But the thing about it is, man, what I'm trying to say to you is, is that there's no, there has not ever been a black cop that shot a 12 year old boy. Don't tell me that. And at the same time, shut up. There are, there are not. Man, come on, man. I'm not gonna shut Whoa. up. I'm gonna talk. If you got a problem, uh, hang the more phone. More whites up. have been shot I'm... than blacks by cops. Man, okay. I've already, I've already eliminated that because we're getting off the subject. He said he, that, that that right there goes to show you what we're talking about tonight, and that's just a foot soldier in this attack that we're talking about. He said that he was black and he was white, 
He was trying to infiltrate, and that's the end of that, like I said, because I don't want you to have to get all worked up. Sister's been on point all night. Miss New York's mm-hmm. been on point all night. You've been on point all night. And for the most part, our, you know, my man from D.C. has been on point all night. We don't really want to get into the to, into into Hee Haw classics. I'm not really trying to do yeah, that. Yeah, because he's trying to, he try to disrespect no, somebody, man. I can't hear um, him. I, 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 I told you, I, I think that I'm, man's white. I think he's white, and he was just trying to play ignorant on the phone. I just think that was wrong. Well, sometimes, sometimes you have infiltration. Some people, they come with the real. Some people see the titles of shows, and all of a sudden, you know, they think it's the Ed Sullivan show. He wants a really big shoe, and he's a, a shoe in the rump. Ain't nobody got time for that. Like I said, I, I got intelligent people. Matter of fact, let's all take a breath real quick. I'm going to play, uh, you know, some of this real Teddy pedigrees for you. It's called something I think I should have been doing. He should have woke up. He didn't wake up, so we had to wake him up. Hey, let's take a, take a, a breath. There's only three-minute song. We're going to come back and get into something new. This is Flossy Jeezy with my main man, Sugar Ray Robinson. You know what I'm saying? Black Love, 646-595-3402. I'm glad he called. You know, it's hot. It's hot. It's always hot when we get together. You know what I'm saying? And it's a it's a mental party tonight, and we celebrate. So let's go ahead and mm-hmm. get this Teddy Pendergrass, and we'll be right back. Every time. 
they started a process to equalize the tax base so that if you lived outside the city, they would slap an additional tax on you to bring you up to the same tax level as people that lived in the city. Okay? So this is where gentrification actually started in New York because then it became less, right? In, in the old days, if you lived in Long Island, your, tax, your, your property tax was lower than if you lived in the city. But once they instituted that, then it no longer became any different to live outside New York as inside New York. So it didn't make any sense to, to own a house out there. You could might as well live in the city. You're paying the same amount. So in, that day, in those days, too, they had a big, um, a big sell-off of burned-out buildings in Harlem. And so Lower Harlem, like the 130s, the 140s, they were selling them literally. You know, they were shells of buildings, and they were selling them for a song because a friend of mine bought her shell. She lives on 142nd, right off 8th Avenue, and she only paid somewhere around ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 for it. But she was one of the few black people that got in on that. Most of those buildings got sold to white people who then turned renovated them, like Morningside Heights over by Morningside Park. Morningside Park used to be a big drug playground. You could buy any drug you wanted. They used to call it Needle Park, in fact. You know, and uh, they sold all those buildings around Morningside Park for a song. And as those folks renovate them, and now they're million-dollar brownstones. So, you know, in million-dollar uh, buildings, you know, and they're beautiful. But, you know, there was a bunch of things that happened in New York, and not just the fact that, you know, New York became attractive. These things started in the 70s. Read about Abraham Bean, who was the mayor around that time, and he instituted a lot of these programs, and what you're feeling are the effects of those programs today. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's well, a I, deep, deep shot. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was about to say is that, um, they do have like the the taxes are higher if you decide to work in a city than if you work in um than if you work in Westchester or something like that. So you could definitely can tell the two difference with the with the taxes. And you know what since it's so expensive to live in Manhattan, like I was saying earlier, it's like you know, a lot of the white people they they live in Harlem because it's cheaper. You know? Where did I get this? Well, not anymore. I used to live in Harlem for years. I lived first uh-huh. on the polo grounds, and then I lived across the street from Columbia. And so uh-huh. you, had a, you had a bunch well, of things going on. Columbia um, was rivaling with NYU to be the biggest landlords in the city, you know, uh-huh. and, and they owned tons of property. In fact, you know, I remember when Columbia bought the Audubon Ballroom where Malcolm X got shot, and there was a big controversy about that, you know, but those, those are rich endowment fat schools. And they have the money to do that sort of thing. It's just like it used to be, Columbia literally sits in Harlem. But they changed it to the Upper West Side to make it more attractive to white folks. Because white folks at the one time didn't want to live in Harlem. That's true. That's incredible how gentrification changed all that around. I'm telling you, these crafty mayors and governors meetings and, you know, have and have not meetings and let's get it together and, you know, you know, mm-hmm. stick you up, you know, but forget the mask and gun, but you don't have to do it. All you have to do is break out the, break out the, the, the hammer, soft hammer, and drop the tax thing on you, and then change the whole thing. And next thing you know, my, as my dad used to say, around and round and round it goes, and it comes out here. I mean, it, it, it's crazy the way uh, this this man has set things up. But here again, this is all the more reason why we continue to have to drum it in and beat it in to, to our, our youth and, and the folks who have stuff, we have to establish something where, you know, I mean, if there was a way, if, if nothing else, if some of the, the more affluent, cash-flowing 
brothers out there to get just just a regular communications uh, hookup, a regular TV station. I'm not talking about cable. I'm talking about something that actually kind of rivals, you know, your CBSs and ABCs and NBCs because none of that stuff, you know, as they say, necessarily reflects the station or its viewers so far as we're concerned because, you know, they, they, they tell you exactly what's going on. That there's Nielsen ratings and there's only certain people that's going to actually get a vote on what's going on and stuff like that. Somehow, you know, sooner than later, hopefully, we have to figure out some kind of a way to get the Black Wall Street thing going back up again because evidently, from what I read, Black Wall Street was actually not only the epicenter for, for black America so far as finance is concerned, but it actually controlled more um, capital than uh, New York's actual Wall Street exchange. You know, so I disagree with that point. Yeah, I disagree with that point. Okay, educate me. Let's go. All right. I'm First great. of all, if you're going to talk about Black Wall Street, you got to put it in the right historical context meaning that Black Wall Street existed partially because there were no interstate highways, all right? All right, it, it was very okay. difficult to move from state to state. So what you had is mm-hmm. a perfect storm where you had people who didn't have cars or didn't have cars that could travel. Because remember, this is, this is a, around the turn of the century. Cars were a luxury, all right? Not to say that black people didn't have them, but the concept of going from state to state wasn't an American thought. You stayed in your local area. Most people were born and raised within 10 miles and died within 10 miles where they were born. So you didn't mm-hmm. have the interstate highway system you have now. You didn't have interstate banking anywhere close to what you have now. Everything was localized. So it was a great place to do that because everything was localized. You didn't have uh, um, um, commerce, interstate commerce, to the degree you have now. Remember, that came in the 30s. So, you know, when you talk about it, you have to put it in the right historical framing. You can't recreate that because now everything is interconnected. Everything, you know. Commerce that's that's why I got to have brothers easy. like you call the show, man, because you know I, I'm, I'm not a guy that knows everything, and and I and I and, and I'll cop to that because, like I said, if I you know if, if, if I can be corrected, that's that's what this whole learning process is all about, and I don't mind being uh, corrected because. You know, uh, all of us study different things at different times that are not only educational but helpful to not only myself but everyone that's listening. So trust me, I, from that perspective, I appreciate that. Yeah. What? But but I don't want to be a negative person. You can't do it on a yeah. virtual level. All right. Right now, see, you know, we have to think in more dimensions than three. You have to think in the fourth right. dimension. We are connected on a virtual level as well as a physical mm-hmm. level. So right now. Here I am. I'm living in New Orleans now. I moved from New York in the 90s. And I, we can go into New Orleans gentrification and Katrina on a, on a whole other day. But, you know, right now, you know, I'm talking to you guys, and you're on the West Coast, and you have a sister in the East Coast, and I think Ocean's in Texas. So, you know, the point being, though, we are connected on a virtual level and can do business on a virtual level while still living in our individual areas. Yeah, appreciate that. Like I said, you know, I, I, I'm not mad at you at all. I mean, like I said, and I, I'm glad to have this, uh, you know, this nationwide hookup, man, because this is a nationwide problem. So quite naturally, you know, I'm 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 receptive to everything. You know, I'm 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 playing sponge right now and soaking up everything because every every perspective and point 
that we bring across. You know, like I said, this is my first uh, talk show of 2015 because, uh, like I said, I, I produce music and I've been doing a lot of posthumous uh, uh, artist music shows. But to be able to get back online on, on an apparatus like this tonight and be able to discuss intelligently the state of the union for us uh, is, is very important. And, it, and it's always good to um, concede that maybe someone might know something extra that maybe you either haven't looked at, didn't, didn't study, or, or, or don't know. So uh, it just that's just something that's going to make me sharper and, uh, you know, hopefully be even better, you know, host of this. That's why I like to kind of let everybody get in, um, you know, from their perspective. Sugar Ray, what else you got? No, I just I was just wanted to ask you, you know, um we never get an opportunity to talk about uh you know, the twenty anniversary of the Me Man March. I want to know who was participating, who and people's thoughts of it. I well, off the top I think that's excellent. Um I would love to try to figure out a way to to get in on that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, finances bearing itself just to be part of some of that. I think I think it's important to to continue to try to do it because I think a lot of folks initially may not have thought that a lot was accomplished, but the fact that you can get a million brothers together to do something uh, is very important. Beautiful thing. You know, you, you, know, you had you had that. Uh, forget the name of the talk show host. Kind of tried to make a mockery out of it and come up with some other weird stuff, but for us that are serious about what's going on so far, especially in our communities, uh, I think it's very important, you know, that, like I said, that brothers are able to get together and, and, and network and have influences, you know, with our brethren across the country because that's the whole thing that we're missing. We're missing, the, like I said, three things, the ability to control our own destiny, uh, the communication and the opportunity uh, to meet, greet, and talk to folks that, like I said, might just know something that maybe you might be missing that you can plug in and use. So I, I appreciate all you folks, you know, calling in tonight. This is what it's all about. And I'm going to try to make sure that, uh, like I said, this was the first show that I get more more talk shows in because we need to have something like this that we can continue to turn to, you know, as, as brothers and sisters to be able to talk to each other, agree, disagree, and then come to uh, some form of consensus uh, on things that we feel are the most important because, you know, no one man's an island, and Lord knows there's just been so much stuff going on out here with our with our folks. Uh, and then, like I said, everything from cop killings to gentrification to you name it, I'm just glad and, and honored to have you guys on tonight and helping me get this process back off the ground. And I hope when you when you see um, see the, the Black Love series, you know what we're talking about. We're talking about everything that pertains to us in this force. Now, we welcome all persuasions of, of people to come in and join us, but this is really something that we have to have that we can use because, like I said, we just, we just, we just have to have stuff like this. It's important. Really is. I agree. 206. 206. Okay, I guess they just want to listen. That's fine. Go ahead, Mr. York. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no. I was like, um, 
it's a beautiful thing when all the brothers get together and stuff, and I hope that um, people continue to do stuff like that, you know, and, you know, other brothers support other brothers. You know, I'm tired of seeing the fact that, um, and I agree so much with you, Fossi G, Sugar Ray, when, um, when it's like someone's hating on someone else's, on someone else's success, instead of saying, you know what, um, instead of saying, how did you get there? Or what what type of accomplishment can I, how can I accomplish how you did? Um, How can I make that type of money you make? You know, instead of saying, oh, I I don't like that person, oh, that person doesn't care about the community. There are some people that don't care about the community, and I call those people jerks. (laughs) But the ones, you know, hopefully it could turn things around. Because, like, look, bumps. Are you watching every day? Yes, I am. Like, you see this? Somebody got something going on in the background. Um. I wanted to put out the um, just really quickly, you know, when you got that many people gathered together in one spot, in here, I think it would be. Um, hold on, hold on, let me take care of that real quick. The cat wasn't even here today. Go ahead, my brother. When you have that. You know, the, um, and the, um, there's some soap. <laughs> in, um, okay, I'm gonna wash it up. Yeah. It's in a little plastic, like a little plastic bag. And what's brown? Yeah, it's brown. Yeah, that's good for him. I want to apply that where it's covered, Grant. Okay, there we go. Yeah, and what's up, Ty? I didn't speak to you when I came in, man. What's up? Hey. You know, when you got that many people in one spot at one time, it's a great opportunity, you know, not to make it about money, but to gather for a particular cause. Now, I know a lot of people will say the church is taking everybody's money, but I just want to run down a few numbers really quick. If the average person gave $20 a week to a church, there's 52 weeks in a year, that's about $1,040. That's it. $1,040. One person... All year, $1,040. Now, if the average person goes to a fast food restaurant every day and buys a meal, the average of $8 a day, that is almost $3,000 at the end of the year. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, they're giving all that money to church. Well, people spend more on pastimes, food, um, impulse items that you buy at the store, like at the register then they really spend at church because these places you're spending every day, every day. Now, that's something small, but then when you compact, let's say, the big spending holidays and you buy the international trade of goods, a lot of times we forget that simple economics, when the dollar is strong, right, you can afford to buy overseas labor and resources cheaper. That's for everybody in the country. And what happens is is that the more you spend, the, the more stable supposedly the dollar is. Now, if that's the case, the more stable supposedly the dollar is, then the more you spend, the more overseas labor and resources are being used to make the things you buy, specifically the internationally traded goods, those things that say suggested retail, where they're always the same price no matter where in the globe you buy. Those are the things that actually control a lot of our economics because if you buy so many of those things, 
which is overseas labor and resources, your local goods get more expensive. Why? Because you're buying overseas for your dollar to be high, so buying domestic is really expensive. Why that's important to us in black communities is is that the people who do have jobs, who make the money, their buying power becomes greater than ours the more we buy these internationally traded goods over and over. There's nothing wrong with buying the iPods and stuff like that. But when you're buying the excess, all of this commercial stuff, even when you don't have the money, essentially you're buying yourself out of your community. You're helping the other side of the gentrification phase because those other people are going to be working and living and shopping in your city, but taking all the wealth back home where they live. It's transferring the money. Excellent. Man, <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it, it pays to have a uh, a full, diverse cook of brothers that know stuff, man. You know, we got brothers with economics, you know what I'm saying, brothers breaking it down so far as the that the uh, the geographical thing goes down, you know what I'm saying, a little bit of uh, history on, uh, on uh, you know what I'm saying, Black Wall Street. I'm, I'm going to have to have more of these shows and, and, and more often, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, continue to look for that. Anytime you see the Black Love Show, you know that we're getting it in and trying to make this thing happen. 646-595-3402. Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, Black Love. Uh, 2015 episode number one, uh, America's War on Black America. And uh, like I said, we're going to have to fix our bayonets and get our back tight, uh, packs uh, tightened and get those land navigated, navigate, uh, navigation books. And like my man said, shoot a back azimuth and get on the fight of this jungle, man, and try to get things figured out so that we can see exactly which way we're going. Because, uh, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's not a game and it's not a joke anymore, you know. You know, stuff is getting tighter and tighter, and um, this guy is getting more and more creative on, you know, screwing us into the ground. we got to get this thing together where, like I said, we can get some kind of consensus and then try to go out and, and try to spread the word to other folks on, on trying to, you know, get it in and everything. So, like I said before, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this, and I, I don't know when I'm going to have another show, but it will be between tomorrow and, and maybe the next day. It all depends on what's going on because... You know, I'm, like I said, right now I'm currently working on on music shows. You know, uh, FLAUXYGZ, Flossy Jeezy. I, I usually uh, either you know either putting out a song or or creating um, you know uh, shows with music. Right now I'm working on artists that uh, you know have passed away from BB King, uh, you know, to Apache. Anybody that you know within the last say. Uh, 10 years and working my way back this way and then I'm doing, you know, of course, the live acts. So there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, your heavy D's, you know, your Marvin Gaye's, a lot of a lot of posthumous, you know, work for them. But these shows are important and essential and it's been so much stuff going on. I think what really made me rock it into this show was when Don Lemon asked a question last night. Should a standing black president uh, apologize for slavery? And I thought that, that was the most. Yes, I thought that was the most. I'm watching CNN, he's on there with the buffoonery, and he has a guy from the New York. Uh, matter of fact, let me see if I've, I've got it here in front of me. Uh, right here it is, Obama. It's a guy from uh, New York uh, Times, Thomas. Uh, excuse me, Timothy Egan said President Obama says uh, the timing is right. It says the timing is right 
for an apology uh, simply because Obama used the N-word and they're jumping around and running into each other as if somehow uh, Obama came up with, you know, a word that they haven't heard before, especially when, you know, quietly it was kept. They're calling him that every day on Capitol Hill. Right. But, but for mm-hmm. Don Lemon to advocate this guy and shut the brother off that was talking last night so that this fool could get it in, and he's sitting up there trying to explain. I mean, I don't know what's I don't know what's the more asinine quote of the week. Was it the the legislator in South Carolina today? We got some interesting quotes from down there. Is it the NRA saying that it uh, you know talking about gun control? Is it the the senator that said the representative today that said that uh, black people were uh, were waiting for their turn to get shot? Is it is it Huckabee that's saying that? You know, disregard all the things you've ever gone to church or the mosque for, and carry your gun with you when you go inside to, you know, to be ready. Or is it Don Lemon saying that African American standing president, the only one we've ever had, no matter you know when, lose or draw, like him or not, should apologize for slavery? To me, had to have been the most. Just, I mean, the most. I mean. I, you really get a genuine consensus about this man is thinking and doing business, which is why I know we have to get our act together. But first of all, I'm going to send that one around. What do you folks think about uh, about you know President Obama, only uh, sitting president? Should he apologize for slavery? I'm, I almost sound dumb saying that back to you. Hmm. What, we're going to get money for it? <laughs> like the Jewish people, are we going to get money? I mean, if, if, if I feel like if he wanted, he can do that, but apologizing, why? He doesn't, that's not his place. It's not his place to do that. I think it's just, I think it's just, um, they, it's, it's just more way of just making, um, can I say this word, making an ass of him. Yeah. That's what I to, to be honest, the Jews didn't get any money from the government. They got it from the German government, not the American. Mm. Yeah, they got school me, brother. School me. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, folks say that, but, I mean, the Germans actually had to pay reparations to the Jews, not right, America. Right. So do you ever think they're going to pay that for the um, the black community? Because, you know what, I can say here in New York, there's a lot of places that you see there's always, like, um, places that show that they um, – what happened to the Jewish people in the Holocaust, like parks for them. But what happened to people in slavery, they, they just want to just shove it underneath a rock. And um, you never see places like that a lot. No, they Actually, do. that's not true. That's not true. All right. It, and it really depends on where you live. All right. If you go up to Boston, I think there's a memorial in Boston. I know there's one in Lower Manhattan because they found all those bodies down there and they forced them to put a museum down there. But, you know, I live, in, I live in Louisiana, and I went to school in, deep in Mississippi. And as you travel around those states, you know, you see, you see stuff. And, uh, and uh, you see, I guess you could say, like, uh, um, echoes of it. Like, have you ever been to a, a, a cotton field? Yes. Yeah, if you, if you stand in, at a, in a cotton field, like, again, I was born and raised in New York. And so when I first went to school in Mississippi, we took a trip to the Delta area around Philadelphia where B.B. King actually uh, made his bones, you know, Muddy Waters and all those guys. And I had never been in South before. I don't have any family south of D.C. at all, you know. But I stood on a 
on the edge of a cotton field. And, I mean, these fields are huge, as far out to the horizon as your eyes can see. And, man, you know, it was so deeply moving. It was a hot August day. And let me tell you, New York hot is one thing, Mississippi hot a whole other thing. All right? And so, uh, you know, I've been hot in the city. But nowhere near like it was like there, boy. That's something beat down on me. Yeah, yeah. And the land is flat. There's no hills or anything, you know. And so, you know, in my mind, I'm like, wow. You know, I'm just trying to to even put myself in a place of, man, you're in this field. There's no respite from the heat. I mean, that just it's just brutal. And, and, you know, I'm saying to myself, man, I, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it. And I got a newfound respect for my ancestors that had to do it because I'm like, wow, I'm just visiting. I'm just standing on the edge of a field. I'm not even out there in it. And and I'm just saying to myself, man, you know, how, how it was an emotionally moving experience for me because I was walking on the same ground that potentially my ancestors walked on. You know, I was looking at a field that they probably looked at with their eyes. Now, there was machines picking the cotton now. And, in fact, it's kind of funny. When they pick the cotton, it looks like snow in the air. The little tufts of pot, cotton are all, you know, wafting around in the air. But, you know, it's just like it was an emotionally moving experience for me, and it made it even more important. I went to an HBCU, by the way. It made it even more important to be there. So sometimes the monuments are not statues. Sometimes it's just the same places that are literally looking the same as they did in the 1800s. There's huge swatches of, of land. Like I live in Louisiana now. You don't have to go very far to go to the sugarcane fields. And instead of slaves, they have migrant workers working out there, Mexicans. And, um, again, you stand at the edge of a field, and as far as your eye can see to the horizon is sugarcane. I mean, miles and miles of it, you know. And you say to yourself, Lord, they had my people out here picking this stuff in the Louisiana heat. And it's just a mind-blowing experience. I don't think uh, a statue... Or, or a plaque can properly capture that. And that's just my opinion. I don't mean to demean you at all. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man, because I, I was raised in Louisiana, man, and the um, thing about it, man, is that you when you first when you first get next to deal with that heat, it's yeah. an overwhelming experience, man. I mean, it's a situation to where it just ain't fair. He's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, wow. Man. This ain't right. I'll show you how hard that that um, yeah, and then, uh, how you uh, how to, strong black people were to go through yeah. all those. Those are like right. the hardest times that I don't think no one will ever want to relive. Yeah, you know. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Wow. You know, but you know, I got a question for you guys. I, I, I assume we're talking. One big thing that's been bothering me lately, and I want you guys to really go around and ask this question. It's about our people, the Haitians out there in Dominic uh, in the Republic out there, man. I, I mean, at the what Dominican guys, Republic. Yeah, at the Dominican Republic. What's, I mean, mm-hmm. what what you what you what's your assessment of that? What you think of that, man? That I think it's horrific things, man. It's really I couldn't believe it, man. And, uh, do you feel that you know? Um, do you yeah, feel no. like America? I mean, like Obama, or do you feel like they are they ignoring the situation because they seem to run the rescue of everybody else? Why they don't run the rescue for that? Right. Mm, you're absolutely correct about that. Why not? Because I mean, the people are getting killed over there, and yep. it's scary. It is so scary, and I wish that Obama could be over there to help and have like aid for those people too. You know, and that's a good question. Why not? Because I, I the people yeah, behind him 
are not allowing him to do stuff like that, to take care of that. Well, for whatever reason, it always seems that the only countries that this government helps out is ones that look like them. Because you had Darfur where men were circumcising sisters over there. You got, you're talking about, you know, the Haitians now. And you're talking about every place where the brown man walks and stands tall anywhere in the world. And there's never that same urgency, so to speak. Or else, I mean, I think the only way that you can actually get any type of help in Mother Africa is if you have a pipeline running through there with some gasoline and some oil or something. It's as if they, they ignore anything that even closely relates to the helping to helping black folks out. And this is what I was trying to tell that uh, the rodeo guy that was on earlier, and mm-hmm. that's that when you have a system that systematically, as, as, as uh, Malcolm said, is unable or unwilling to make the changes, but you want to sit with the hypocrisy and and, and, and talk about what other countries are doing or, or whatever and not help the ones that really need the help or the ones that don't have the oil or pipeline or the ones that, you know what I'm saying, don't look like you. You just make yourself look like a bunch of hypocrites, especially when you treat people within your own borders like they're second-class citizens or, or act like, you know, every every black man that you see, you know, is, is you know, is uh, going to, uh, you know, rob you or something. And I think a lot of that portion of it is just guilt because you know that your, your very Bibles and the books that you read always speak of retribution for actions and, and negative services rendered, and you're afraid that you're going to get that more or less in return. I don't really have an intelligible answer beyond the fact that this country only helps people who who look like them. Now, you're sending a gang of troops over right now as we speak over to Russia to deal with that nightmare as if we need to go over and tell Putin what the hell to do in his part of the world on some stuff that, not unlike Vietnam, has nothing to do with us. And it's because those folks look white. But when you have a country that's a seven, six or seven hour trip from here, they can't get any help because, of course, they're, they're brown skinned. But you, but you, but you claim to be freedom loving and the greatest country on earth, and yet your yet your policymakers are saying that well, the blacks hadn't been stupid enough they to use the, the Bible with the with the cutout of the pistol. And kept their pistols and their Bibles they would have survived what happened. We don't have to go outside of our borders in order to find racism, racism and discrimination and, and maltreatment. But here again, this is the you know, supposed to be the freedom loving country. Now, granted, as an ex Marine, I I'm glad I had an opportunity to protect our rights to continue to coexist as we deal with this situation. But it to me it's just an abortion when when you sit up and you talk all this freedom stuff but only only have a selective memory or selective recall on who you should and shouldn't help. And it's a shame that a country can't get a help simply because there's no pipeline. Well, 
you know, I guess my question is why why depend on the government to do this sort of thing? Why not form an organization like the Red Cross that is for black people, from black people, that can just go do this stuff? That way you're not beholden to anybody. Yeah, that's a good idea. But the thing about it is that we're so occupied with what we're doing right here, man. We got so much going on. We're trying to survive within here because, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, it's like one of the biggest things about us, man, is that we have an issue of trying to, we still mourning and still dealing with South Carolina situations and all that. And and, and, and when everything has a domino effect, there's so many things after after another. But I agree with you, we should, because at the same time, I think we are, I think one thing I know about us, uh, about black people, we're too emotional. We more, we, we, we get, we, 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 uh, we don't, we don't play chess. You know, they play. We play checkers. They play chess. We're not necessarily making power moves to able to able uh, to. I guess I would say put together uh, an organization or a base to where we can control and handle those situations. That's our problem, man. And uh, one guy brought to my attention before. He said that uh, he heard off a show, man. He said one of the biggest things that we need, we need to have a code of conduct. And he was saying that. We need to kind of like have things to where we always just have a, a, a certain guideline rules and things we need to do because one thing about it, we're too busy doing, we're too busy with protesting and marching and, and forgiving and all this stuff. That's one of our biggest biggest problems because we, re, we react to everything that we see on TV, react, 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 react. But we're not prepared. We're not prepared to deal with situations when they happen. You know what I'm saying? So we we at the caboose. On the train, trying to catch up to the to the engine, we just seem to can't figure it out. So going over to uh, deal with something like that with the Haitians, it, it'd be it's a great idea. We should have an organization, our own organization, to go over and deal with it. But I just think that we are so overwhelmed, and we are so dealing with ourselves and don't know how, and don't even know how to. Uh, Right, we 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 are all over the place. I mean, think about it. we are all over the place. We got we got leaders when we don't need a leader. That's one thing we do not need. But we have so many different people who are speaking out for us, but they're the wrong people, you know. And it's like it's a it's a tough tough situation, man. So I agree with you, but at the same time, I hope my answer is can answer, answer your question, what you get, what you get. It would be nice to go somewhere locked and loaded, but the man takes your gun from you and just trying to protect your own household here. So, I mean, how much support uh, should we be able to do that, what we get from our own government for being able to do it? Because, you know, they do a fairly good job while we're here of saying you're on your own. You know what I'm saying? It, you know, when you go and you do things, even when they go and do things for for, for this country in the name of whatever, uh, you know, crises or whatever, uh, I think the word escapes me when you have something that you're trying to go and accomplish in, 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 that, in that framework. But, you know, they have support elements that and a government that would back you in doing that, if you were to go and take off and do that, we don't we don't have that kind of support element to here to be able to do that. It's, it's a shame that we don't right now, but like, like Sugar said, we're still dealing with a whole lot of headaches. So. 
Man, I'm loving this. What do you got? Hey, what do you got to do for a living, man? Let me ask you guys. What do you got to do for a living, man? You don't mind me asking. Oh, who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah. No, no reason. I'm, I'm just curious. I'm just curious because think about it. The reason I'm asking is because, I mean, one thing I noticed about us, and it's a lot of who do this. We all, you know, we all get together. But one of the things that nobody never really, I don't know if anybody ever tried it. You know, I don't know how consistent or how often you guys will call here, but everybody calling from different parts of the country or meeting on Facebook or whatever. Nobody really talked about. Uh, Putting something together to build something, uh, 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 trying to make, uh, uh, trying to be some type of, uh, to make some power moves. We don't know each other, true enough, we don't. We all basically have the same issues, and the thing about it, if we have the same issues, some way we can always figure out to have the same results to where we can put something together. I don't know how we can do that, but I'm just saying. I'm just curious to know what. With each person do Because maybe it can work with somebody else Or maybe it's a way we can network Or do something to make something That's true Hey I'm I'm, I'm early retiree You know me You know music production Show host uh, <laughs> You know I mean I know, I know what you do I know oh, what you do I know, I, know what, I know what pop rocks do with My brother's over there quiet right now man. I don't know what y'all do man. Y'all might Y'all might got some serious thing going on. I don't know what you got over there. Pretty quiet when I pop that question, man. Cats didn't say nothing, man. I mean, are you are you running from the law or something? I mean, like, talk to me, man. Nah, running from the I, popo? I'm a, uh, I'm a professional researcher. I do fact-checking for books and magazines. Okay. There it is. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. That's how he got me on the wall, Steve. <laughs> I'm up against the Sharpie right there. That's good. I hope you call me all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, I didn't even, that's something I stumbled into. You know, I was unemployed and a friend called me and, and that started that. So, you know, it's just, it's just uh, I, I didn't even <laughs> seek this out. It, suck, it sought me out. So. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's mercy. Well, you know what? I, I think I might. What do you think, Sugar? You think you might want to run this back tomorrow night, 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 night after you know the day after tomorrow? When do you want to run this again? Because I mean, I, I, I got to stay connected to these these intelligent black folks, man. Because you know it's starting to feel like an island out here. Not not that I was sleepy the night before I got on the show. And I was like, oh man, I think I'm, you know it's, it's hot out here. Portland's going getting Las Vegas this heat wave and everything. And, it's 72 degrees still out here, and I'm, which is unseasonable for the Northwest. But, uh, oh, Northwest. I was to say, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm in, in Portland, Oregon, and my man is in Seattle, a lot of Yo, how so, is uh, that for black folks, though? You know, because I got a friend up there in uh, in Portland, and uh, and uh, it's just, you know, I, I don't, I, like, like, again, you know, being from the, the east coast of the country, you know, I constantly get my news. And my friends on the East Coast, and I'm living in the Deep South, you know, but I don't really hear much coming out of Portland, Seattle, you know. So what's happening for black folks up there? Oh, let me let me let me share with you, man. I'm gonna tell you, out in Seattle, man. I'm gonna say this, man. There's a uh, there's nothing really culturally going on for black people. You have a small amount of different things going on that people always try to chase to identify. It's not a big, huge population. But the thing mm-hmm. about it was that. 
in a situation where a lot of blacks are getting uh, pushed out of neighborhoods and moving on uh, to different parts of the city, man. And, I mean, I used to be a club promoter when I first came up here, man, but you can't even do that no more. You can't do nothing. So, Is there enough black people to, to have club promotions and make money with? No, that situation is still happening, man. But the, as far as this is the thing, man, when it comes to black people doing things all black together, it don't happen out here. The mm. reason why is because people not only are black people are lost, but at the same time, there's a reason why they don't let it, they don't they don't really too much allow it. You have a lot of different nationality people doing it doing our hip-hop and our stuff right. and doing things that kind of like, wow, it doesn't look right. Because I, I was raised in Louisiana, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh, being up here, man, it's been a, been a journey, you know. I'm not to lie. You know, I travel up out there all the time, but it's different. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> I, I live well, down in Big Frida territory, man. I'm telling you. You know about Big Frida, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, the queen of bounce. And and yeah. it's just you know, and and uh you know I got a piece of a club down here with a friend, and man, let me tell you, you know, oh lord, all the twerking and booty popping oh, yeah, and dropping, oh my god, you know? yeah, Louisiana, oh, I know, I know, it's 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 like wow, it's like yeah, I, I know you see the stuff now, now. So I went to yeah, Louisiana yeah. also by the way. Plane a trip down that way. It sounds like an interesting place to hang out. <laughs> I'll be down there pretty soon, though. I'll be down there pretty soon. Yeah, right. Essence Fest going on next week. You know, but it's just Oh, oh man. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I'm so used to, you know, black folks on the eastern side of the U.S., and I don't get out to California. I used to live in Vegas, but I don't get out to California much and definitely not the northwest. And I always wonder, you know, are, are there concentrations, you know, do folks, you know, Stick together and band with each other, and and uh, or, or is it just you know spread out where you know it's spread it's spread cheese, man, and we're only covering maybe uh, half the cracker, so to speak, mm-hmm. here in Portland. I mean, we used to have a centralized, generalized area and stuff. Uh, you know, prior like in the 60, 50s and sixties, there was a good concentration of. Of, you know, uh, you know, a, a strong black community and everything, but as things fade out, people leave the town maybe for being too bored for it. Before the, the you know, the, the big G word gentrification alive and well. Uh, mm. Same thing that uh, Sugar Ray just described has also happened here. Here again, part of the mayor's meetings uh, that they were having, uh, it was all on, on the same page. Uh, it's it's very spread out. It's very spread out. And, Fortunately for me, I get enough monthly cheese to where I didn't have to go and 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 move nowhere and do all the other stuff. I I got blessed to get out early, and get get the full you know service pay and all the other good stuff. So far as money is concerned, but it's it's extremely quiet here, very very livable. But you have to have your act fully fully together here in order to deal here. But it's it's like it's like putting um, crap over the top of cake batter. It looks mm. like chocolate you put it in the oven. And then mm. you get the real feel of what the people are like so far as dealing with you as concerned. And if you don't have it you don't have it together here, uh, 
you know, Californians came up here with, with their real estate people and drove these prices up by about 60%. I think. Yeah, man. Like, the like population blowing the doors off up here right now with them. And uh, they, they get, they get, they're well organized up here. I mean, they're, they're, they're happy about the little gay mayors and gay, uh, you know, governor and all this other weird stuff. And they, you know, they're, 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 you know, saying it loud, but it's not black and I'm proud. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm. they're, they're handling their business to the fullest up here. And uh, like I said, your friend could probably tell you the same thing I'm telling you now. There's just not a whole lot of concentration, but at least they're not as hostile. But you know what? I, you know one of the reasons I respect the South is because people let you know exactly where they're coming from, and they right. like they like they like to slide upon you with sugar-coated arsenic up here. You know what I'm saying? In other words, they don't never really come straight at you with how they're trying to deal with you. Everything is. Uh, Cloak and dagger, like I said, it looks like chocolate until you put it in the oven. You find out exactly what it really is, and that's mm-hmm. just what it is. Come on, man, you down in New Orleans? Yeah. So, are you? Uh, where are you on the east side, west side? I'm actually north of the north of the city, in between oh, actually okay. New Orleans and Baton Rouge. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, man, what I'm going to do, uh, I mean, they say East Bank, West Bank, that's what you do say. But, uh, mm-hmm. well, man, I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be down now. But I'm not going to be in New Orleans. I'll be going to Monroe. And I'll probably go down to New Orleans probably in uh, November. But I'm coming down to find me a queen, man. Because think about yeah, it. I like Southern women. They got them. I know they do. But they do. That's why That's why I'm coming down now. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know they do. Uh, yes, Lord. I mean, bad or bad. Let me tell you. You know, and they can make some uh, some red beans for you and some oh, jambalaya man. for you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Brother, I, brother, let me tell you something. I'm from the South. I went to Grandma State. I went to Grandma State. And okay. it, I, I, met a, I met this girl named Sherry Marks from Mopalusas. Okay. Yeah. Let, let me tell you something, man. Right north of Lafayette, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, she was sweet as sweet potato pie, man. She used to take care of me, man. She used to cook for me. She used to do all kinds of things. She even washed my, did my laundry, man. I could not be. I was like, damn. No, 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 don't do that. No, no. I know. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know about that, man. They get your shorts I know, in, I know, in the backyard, man. Yeah, I know, I know. But see, this is the thing. I know, I know, brother. But see, this is the thing, but she she did it with at school. It was like with a, a laundromat at Grandma State that I was with her. She took my clothes and she kind of like put them in Washington and fold them and stuff like that. But I know what you're saying, bro. I mm-hmm. know what you're saying. You know, put your boot in the tree, man. You can't even get out the tree. But I understand. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> you got someone catering to you. I know that's no, how no, gotta, no, that's no. we got to keep a man, huh? We got to no, cater. I know, I know, I know. Can I ask you guys a question? I don't think it's off subject, but I just want to ask y'all your opinion. And y'all are grown men, and I know y'all will, like, explain to me. You know? I wanted to know, um, say, like, you have a daughter at home, and say, like, she's, um, say, like, maybe she's 25 or something like that, right? And she's sneaking her boyfriend in your in your parents' house. In your house, you're her parent, and she's sneaking the man in her house or whatever. Sneaking it in your house. And um, basically, 
you're 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 like blind to know that your daughter is sleeping with someone in your household. Mind you, you're the one who pays the rent, you're the one who pays the bills and everything. Um I wanted to know like I feel like if a guy does that I feel like if a guy does that and go to um you know, go to that young lady's house I feel like it's a disrespectful thing. Like that shows he doesn't dis- he would he doesn't respect her or her family when he does that. But what do y'all guys would think if that was your daughter? What would y'all say to her? <laughs> Don't give her two black eyes now. <laughs> if, 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 if you're 25, you know, feel like she's 25. That, yeah. That, if you're 25, that means you you you, you, you can strive to stay alive in your own mm. spot. Okay. It, uh, you know, you have to give the same respect that, well, we gave our moms and dads. Because back in the, in, in, the, in the, you know what I'm saying, back in the days, it was it was just like mm-hmm. Heatwave said, ain't no half-stepping. You know, mm-hmm. she, has a, she, has, she has to respect the household. She has to respect, you know, you know mom and dad and, and, and the rules. Even if you're paying the rent. This is not this is not the spot. This is not the flop house. If you're 25 and and you're working, here's a loan. Mm-hmm. You know, slide on slide on over to Motel Six, handle your business. You know, you know, come back home. You know what I'm saying? Maybe one day I'll I'll have a son-in-law. But you're not doing that in my house. And if you right. respect me like you're supposed to respect me, because I respect myself, and I've already talked to you to respect yourself. <laughs> You know, my my thing is, uh, don't make it easy. Don't make it easy, and don't just don't don't. Uh, I'm always said, uh, never forget the bridge that carried you across, and don't burn this bridge because if you burn that bridge once, I don't think I'm gonna give you an opportunity. You want to you want to struggle out there for a second. I'll, 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 I might help you out with some finances because you baby girl, but then again, y'all got two sons. You know how that goes. Let's just say I'm not going to let you do that in my house. Respect my house. Yeah, well, I got a daughter who's 23, and I told her if I caught her, I would peel the skin off her real slow and smile Ooh. while I'm doing it. And then I told her, I said, uh, you know, if I even think, if I even think that she's getting it in, I'm going to lock her in the attic until she's 35. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you know well, what I mean? Think about had... the young man. I mean, if the, the I mean, what if the guy is like a little bit older than her and he's doing that? What do you what what? I mean, man to man, if you call him and you got to talk to him, would you explain to him that he's disrespectful? You know, no, or you think... he 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 should know better. First of all, yes, mm. and at the same time, and at the same time, the, I I can give him a look to make him come correct. Because I wouldn't necessarily have to explain to him. I would just say, "Hey, brother, you 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 understand what this is about, right?" And he would know clearly what I'm talking about. So I wouldn't necessarily go at him because he gonna go and do what he's gonna do. But I would definitely come at her, you know, because yeah. she yeah. bringing him. In. He 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 just know what time it is. I, I would tell him to wait outside. I tell him to wait outside. Let me talk to exactly. you. Exactly. If he's older than you and he don't have his own stuff, you are disrespecting yourself. If he don't have his, you know, the old song says, God bless the child has got his own. If she's 25 and he's older, like my man, my my fellow brothers are saying right here, Uh he should already know better. And I'm not even going to read the script to you. 
wait outside here. Uh, well, well, you guys, yeah, but you're not allowed back in here. Well, you, you violated I my home. I got to respect for myself. I'm gonna let you go ahead and slide. I'm gonna let you go ahead and slide. But I'm gonna have to talk with her, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna set her loose. Let her go on up back out there with him. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't yeah. slip again. You only get one. Uh, I I I love the fact that I live in a state where guns are legal. Because me and Shotty will take a ride, and you know I remember, um, you know, just just in casual passing, you know, I'm talking to the kid, and she says, "Oh yeah, you know," she said, "Daddy, you know, what's wrong with this guy? He's putting pressure on me for sex." I said, "What? No problem, you know." I I, I, I played it off, and then me and the crew rolled up on dude at his job, and me and uh, and he and Shotty and I had a little conversation. I'm like, "Yo, partner, if she gives you some, I got nothing to say about it." But don't even think about asking. Don't even think about it. Because I told him, I said, you know, I, I got to put the fear of God in him. I'm, I'm sorry, I have to do that. And, you know, a cock shotgun will do it. You know, a, a cop once told me, he said, just the sound of a shotgun cocking is enough to make people think twice. And it is. It wasn't, it wasn't loaded, but he didn't know that. And so, uh, and so uh, I'm like, you know, harm will come to you. And I said, I'm from New York. It's not just you. I'll kill everybody in your house, including your dog, man. And once we saw eye to eye like that, you had no problem. The night's sky on the planet. Wow. I mean, I hope that, like, young girls who are, like, listening to, like, this show or young guys out there to listen, like, don't do stuff like that. I mean, for me, I just feel like, I just feel like, um, you know, don't don't bite the hand that feeds you, you know? And um, in a hurry to grow up, though. Hurry to grow up. Yeah. Or can I say, if you're, if you're doing that at 25, I, I'm not going to say you're not hurry to grow up. I'm saying you're going backwards and you're being immature about it. If they could only get a video to see what they were rushing into, I'm quite sure right. they would take some more, some more classes and courses somewhere and leave, you know, the sidewalk fair. Uh, you know, alone out there because uh, uh-huh. you know it, it, all the glitters is not gold, and, and um, see, that, that's a tough question because because both of you brothers have 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 daughters. So I got three sons, and I told wow. them to stop it. But they, they ain't no disrespect. And and my my my, my education for them started with I catch you wearing your pants sagging, and I see you, you the top of your ass around here up around your mama. My foot is gonna be where your draw your yeah. pants should have been, up mm-hmm. in your backside. You don't sag around your mama. You don't have your drawers hanging out around you. I don't give a damn what you do out there in the street. If you come up in here around your mama with that, I gotta put my foot on your backside, partner. Not up in here. Not up in here. You do all that foolishness out there you want to do. Now my son was intelligent enough where he has a partner that got paralyzed and he got shot in the back. Wow. And I, Fortunately, I had educated him enough to where they, these guys, they go out to this kid's house, and they show up with a fake gun, and he had a real one. And my son wow. said, well, he said, Pops, I thought about what you said about not doing the, doing the crowd noise. And I said, I stayed in. I stayed home. And I'm glad I listened to you and Mom, you know, telling me, you know, the, the right stuff. And this is when he was, you know, 17, 18 years old. These cats show up with the toy, and the, guy, and the kid came out the house with the real deal Holyfield and his best friend riding around here now, you know, uh, 
on 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 these in a wheelchair. So I mm. mean, with, 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 you know, you got to educate your sons just like your daughters. It, it's 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 not uh, gender specific. If you got mm-hmm. children and you're loving, you, you educate them early. And, and I don't even know what it's like like to have a daughter. And and I'm thankful in a lot of ways because I wouldn't want them to you know, be subject to cats like I used to be. So you know, you, you got to educate your children and. And then and, uh, tie that camel up. Tie that mm-hmm. camel up to you or it's problems. So, well, man. You know what, Phil, guys? I would definitely say, like, for females, like if you're 25 years old, and if a guy is pressuring you to, you know, be intimate with, just know you have a choice. The power of the P. You don't have to. And, um, and if that guy is encouraging you to disrespect your parents, then I think you should just leave him leave him alone and go find a a, a better guy for you. <clears throat> but I, I think that's part of the problem, though. You say find a better guy, but you have to have reference point to do that. And mm. at 25, you may not have the experience to know what's good or not. In fact, you know, again, you know, as, Shout as a club in, owner. Shout in tomorrow. Hmm. Yeah, as a club Bring owner, that cat in before you guys go to sleep. Yeah, I had said to well, a, a girl. and perform. Here come. Yeah, I had said to a young lady, I should say, the other day. I said, you guys control the men. You know, I said, if y'all said all of a sudden tomorrow, I'm not going to date a guy unless he wears a pirate shirt. Well, guess what? All the men will be some pirate shirt wearing dudes. You know, and so you know, <laughs> you know, women have a really big influence on on how men act. And what they do, and so I think really, I did not know that. Man, oh, yeah. you, know, you gave you gave us some serious game right there, baby. Because man, mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you, women might get together, man. We walking around with some power shirts on, man. Yes, indeed. I've had my eye patch too. Yo ho ho. You know, <laughs> but, but, looking like Captain Hook, man. Yeah, yeah, but it's just uh-huh. you know, but the women are letting dudes get away with so much these days. You know, even at our club, I see women come in dressed nice, and I see a dudes in tennis shoes and t-shirts, and I'm like, huh, what? You, you know, what's up with that? And I don't want to seem elitist or classist, but at the same time, in my day, you know, if you were with a woman and you wasn't dressed proper, you wasn't going nowhere with her. But you know, it's a different time. You know, they all want weasel, uh-huh. so you know how that goes, man. They don't want they don't want the, the sharp brother, you know what I'm saying? The brother with the with the intellect and in the future. They want they want quick faster and hurry fashion. And what might be fashionable to them might still be bell bottoms to me because if you don't have his act together and his bread ain't right and uh, right. like I said, again, twenty five creeping up with it with a with a thirty-year-old, you know, you know, I, I, I can't help it. Hey, one more time, Sugar Ray. Uh, what we doing, man? Are we tomorrow night or are we day after tomorrow? And whenever you like, man. I'm always good. I got the whole summer off, man. You know how I do. Ooh, I'm always okay, here too. Just... Well, I'm gonna have to come up with 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 something again, again, folks. You know, I guess that's what you know. We're running out of time, but man, this was good right here. I look forward, you know, to you know, to to, to getting it in. And uh man, this is this this is on and, and populating. Tell you what, uh, my man's got the central time zone. Uh my, my lady friend there's got Eastern time zone. I'm gonna call it six o'clock tomorrow night, this bat time and channel for the 
for the Black Love 2015, episode number two. That's right, we're getting it in, 646-595-3402. I want to thank everybody that called in tonight. I want to thank the knowledgeable brother for calling in, my main man Sugar Ray Robinson Jr., my girl JT from uh, New York, and my man from uh, D.C., and all the brothers and sisters out there that called in and had something real to say. Hey, even the rodeo dude, because like I said before, <laughs> we were able to get to, to you know get get a little knowledge out of him. Because the boy, the boy was so determined to get in here. He, you know what I'm saying? You know, I think it's like KRS One said. You know, now we got all the white kids calling themselves niggas. The boy says that uh, he was black. And right, I heard. He was white yeah. Dude, he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like that's when you know you start to you know you start to. Who's that hey man, they, hey, that's that, that's that Rachel, it. Rachel, those, those that women, Rachel, that's that Rachel situation, NWACP. You know, they got my hey, 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 walk and let your wife ride, you know, that's what they tell you. So, <laughs> people call in like crazy now, but it's too late, we out of here. Brothers and sisters, God bless you, thanks for calling in. I'm going to leave you yeah, all with a little bit of, of Sugar Ray on some dead press. Again, six four six. Hey, let me say, let me drop the cue right quick, man. You know, let me say the little, the little goodbye thing. Let me say it, man. You know, I want the people to know, man, the revolution is not an event. It's a process. So stay out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, I can tell it's been a long time. I forgot all about that. Drop that on one more time, Sugar Ray. Just for prosperity. Yeah, that's 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 a. Uh, I think Stephen Vico said that man. I think it was him. He said the uh, revolution is not an event; it's a process. Stay active. All right. Stay active. Stay active. Mm-hmm. Black stay, black stay, power. Stay, stay, stay active as far as mine. I put that on. You heard me, Sugar Ray. You heard uh, me, Flossy G. I said black yeah. love, black power. Like, well, there it is, there it is, you know. Like my man McFadden Whitehead, ain't no stopping us now. Dead prayers, learning, growing, changing. It's been a beautiful show. God bless y'all and good night via Russell Simmons. Got to borrow that one, Russell. Hope you ain't upset. God bless, folks. Take care. We can grow. We can develop. As we know that heaven is not a place. And happiness lives in the heart. Long as the world keeps turning, our duty is to keep on learning. You heard? Keep on learning. It's soaking up the game. We gon' make mistakes. We gon' go through some things. Keep on growing. Keep on soaking up the game. Nobody know it all as soon as you think you do, that's when you fall. We got to do more to survive, we must evolve. Things change just when you think you've seen it all. We trip, we stumble, but we get back in stride. Each day, all the way, one step at a time. Don't want to let my ego and pride make me blind. The elders say when you stop growing, that's when you die. The one who gets the knowledge is the one who asks why. Through the course of life, you're going to taste some humble pie, but I love it. It makes me appreciate the things that I take for granted. Gaining insight and understanding. Each one, teach one, we got to pass it on. Keep doing the knowledge, building and adding on. With 
faith in the assumption that nobody knows everything, but everybody knows Keep something. Keep on learning. It's soaking up the game. We gon' make mistakes. We gon' go through some things. Keep on growing. Keep on soaking up the game. If something ain't working, don't be afraid to change. Yeah. The more you know, the more you know you don't know And if you don't know, there's more you can know Then you won't grow What you don't know can hurt you Discipline is a virtue Gotta ask the right questions Or else you go in the cycles and cyphers and spirals Information is viral, it's infectious, contagious And how you going through stages like the night You don't believe that, no we didn't do that Then reality said and there's no dispute in the facts Yo, I'm sorry if I woke you up But when I open up, it's like I'm smoking But I'm high off the people, watch me soak it up Huey said the best education is observation And participation, study how the people be relating Different points of views turn bad news to good news See, it's kinda like some shoes Cause I got to make you move Treat it like organic food Make it something you can chew Information you can use Make it something you can do on learning It's soaking up game We gon' make mistakes We gon' go through something Keep on growing Keep on soaking up game If something ain't working Don't be afraid to change Hey man, it's okay to say you don't know When you let go of your ego You're free from all illusions can't make moves in confusion Don't look for conflict, man Always look for the solution My pop said humility is a sign of wisdom But to really soak it in Now that's a different kind of listening See, man sharp a man And every day is another lesson And it's not failure when you learn, man It's a blessing And as the Buddha says Nothing lasts forever We gotta manage our expectations the less we pray, the less we suffer. In this way, we awaken. Right understanding, right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right focus. Keep soaking. Soak it up. Soak it up.